السلام عليكم يا برباضي أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي رب أوزعني أن أشكر نعمتك التي أنعمت علي وعلى والدي ونعمل صالحا ترضاه وأصلح لي في ذريتي نفت إليك وإني من المسلمين I'm sorry this gathering was supposed to take place yesterday but Allah plans and he's the best of planners I was supposed not to be here yesterday I was supposed to be in Sudan but it happened that I'm here so already that time was booked up by something else yesterday and for this reason we made it Salam Monday Alhamdulillah and uh, the topic that I chose this time to speak about I think in this day and age very important is how can we remove this dilemma, this fear, this worry that encompasses our life and hold onto our hearts regarding sustaining ourselves, regarding achieving that which will make us live a life with dignity and honor. It is tough for somebody to live their life while they are unable to understand and appreciate that Allah is the one who is responsible for the sustenance. How can we make it easier for ourselves? This is a question, inshallah, I'm going to look for to answer. And when we are in debt, how should we behave and how should we look after ourselves in that sense? This is nothing to do with Muslims or non-Muslims, believers or non-believers, people of faith or not faith. No, no, this is for every human being. Risk concerns every human being. I, as far as I know, there is no human being in this world who will not be worried about their risk. No human. Every human being worries about their risk. And in the Quran, Allah speaks about risk. And one of his names is a razaq the sustainer. But there are other names linked to this name when it comes to your sustenance. There is the Wahhab, the giver, and there is also the one that who increases your risk or your hiba, your sustenance or your gifts. And that's the Basut. I remember vividly I was sitting in the Masjid of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in 1981, if I'm not mistaken. The year I think Prince Charles got married. Because when I came back, the whole thing yeah, was different. And the country was in celebration. I was sitting in the Rauda, and this young boy, maybe late teens, early 20s, dressed beautifully, came and sat next to me, and he started talking to me. And little I got to know that the master who taught this young boy lived next door to where my family lives in Sudan. And he whispered in my ear something I will never forget and I will never stop praying for him in regard of this name Al-Basit. Absolutely beautiful and significant for the person who is seeking that Allah will make it easier for them to achieve the sustenance. But before we come to this, that or these things, I want 
everybody to realize that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only one who is responsible for your sustenance, <coughs> nobody else. The employer who employs you is not responsible for your sustenance. Your parents are not responsible for your sustenance. The ultimate responsibility is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And here, we need to have strong faith. In the Quran, in Surah Al-Rum, Surah number 30, verse 40, Allah said, subhanahu wa ta'ala, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم الله الذي خلقكم Allah, it is he who have created you. ثم رزقكم Then, he apportioned for you your sustenance for the duration that you live on this earth. ثم يميتكم Then he will take you by death. ثم يحييكم Then he will bring you forth into life in the day of resurrection. Now from this verse, as if Allah to say, because I created you, because I made you, it is my responsibility to sustain you. So risk it's not for the believer. Rizq is not for the one who practices within the religion. Rizq is not for the one who will be devoted in continuously remembering Allah. No, no. The kafir is given rizq. The animals are given rizq. Any creature Allah creates, it is his responsibility to sustain. And from this verse, we learn this. In Surah An-Nahl, Surah number 16, verse 71. Wallahu faddala ba'dakum ala ba'din fi rizq And Allah has favored some of you over others when it comes to sustenance. Because somebody could ask, why does he have, or she have, and I don't have? Why are they rich and we are poorer? A lot of the younger generation today who are not really holding into religion properly and turning into ways of achieving extra sustenance through haram ways by selling drugs or even selling them their own souls, doing evil things. They look at the others who are not believing in Allah. Those who are not practicing within the faith. And they have a lot of They say, look, they don't even believe in they have. They don't even practice and they have. And sometimes they say it loudly. I do everything, but I'm getting nothing. Are you doing what you are doing because you want to be repaid in material monetary funds? Are you praying extra for extra? No. You can't repay Allah for what He has given you. He has a portion to risk. You must be assured. He made some have more and some have less for a reason. And we will come to that reason in a minute. In Surah Al-Isra, Surah number 17, verse 30, Allah says, Inna rabbaka yasha. The name Basit. Indeed, your Lord will increase the sustenance to those whom he wished to increase for them. وَيَقْدِرْ and for others, he make less. He restrain the amount they receive. Why? 
إنه كان بعباده خبيرا بصيرا for it is he Allah who is most aware knowledgeable about his servant and understand the requirements that will make them turn to him as if Allah is saying look I created you and according to my knowledge I'm going to give you I'm aware of where you need and where you don't need. I'm aware if I give you more or give you less. So if you are really a believer, a true believer, then you realize if you have less, if life is tough, there is a reason. Allah is trying to pull you towards him. Have you ever seen somebody praying hard when they are, no, or when they are in a position where there is no need? When people are in need, they pray hard. The harder the life, they pray harder. Before the exam, you pray hard. After the exam, nobody prays. <laughs> That's the reality. Everybody before the exam, they are crying hard. Please, people ring me from abroad. From my own family in Sudan. They have got my sheikh next to them. They ring me, sheikh, please pray for me. And they are praying themselves and they are good. So Allah sometimes, when he restrains that door of risk, because he wants you to turn to him, don't neglect him. For it is indeed him who created you to know him. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Surah Al-Ankabut, the spider, Surah number 20, Surah number 29, sorry, Surah number 29, <coughs> verse number 17. فَابْتَقُوا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ الرِّزْقِ do seek your sustenance from Allah. And do worship Him and show gratitude. Allah is beginning to tell us, okay, seek your sustenance by asking Allah. Ask Allah to make it easy. Ask Allah, how should I achieve it? Make istikhara. Consult Allah, is this the right way to achieve it or not? Don't just jump into it. You could earn your sustenance through a halal way. You could earn it through haram. You could work hard and sweat and earn it. You can go and steal it. You can go and invest it. You can go and gamble it. But shaitan, two different ways. One way that will lead you to Allah and one way that will put you and distance you away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. See this? Move here. Right from this way. Because there are some sisters here from here. So this is something that we need to take seriously. There is places in the front if the sister wants to come to the front. Okay. It is important. Okay. So seek from Allah alone by asking him. Wa'budu. And worship him. And I always tend to tell people. Here Allah is not telling you just fast more. Or... Uh, Pray more. No, 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 no. Allah is telling you through this verse, get to know him. As Ibn Abbas says, ibadah is to know Allah. Who, who Allah is. And then you will understand what he wants in this aspect. Washkurullah. And show shukr. I always remind people, there is a big difference between hamd and shukr. Hamd is thanks. And shukr is showing by giving in memes. So when you say alhamdulillah, that is enough. Allah begins the Quran by saying, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. There are four surahs, 
begin with alhamd. If you don't know them, get to know them and read them. And beautiful. Fatiha, al-an'am, sabah, and fatir. Beautiful. I read always those verses. Because hamd will bring you a lot from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But what will bring you more is gratitude. Gratitude is when Allah gives you, gives from what Allah gave you. If Allah gave you intellect, share that intellect with others. Don't use it only to gain for yourself. Volunteer. Okay? Whatever Allah has provided for you, a means of teaching, a means of supporting and helping, good. And if you have the means to give, give from what Allah gave to you. Okay? And this will make clearer later on. In Surah Ashura, Surah number 42, verse 27, Allah said, And if Allah is to expand sustenance for his servants, they will indulge in doing a lot of evil on this earth. And this is the reality. When you have more, you tend to do more of that which Allah dislikes. You become extravagant. You become a waster. You waste. Haven't you seen people who have a lot of money? They go to a restaurant. They buy a meal. Maybe it costs 100, 200. Do you know that you can go and have a meal for 15,000 pounds? Do you know that? You can go and have a lunch or dinner for 15,000 pounds? In London. Somebody's there who works for 10,000 little uh, mobile telephone. No, no, I'm talking about a meal, a meal. You, you go to a restaurant, you order a meal, 15,000 pounds. And here there is somebody striving, struggling to earn 15,000 pounds all day. But this person, he might order it, test it, I don't feel like it. At least it doesn't matter. But you might think, oh, this is terrible. But we who have less, we go to with the grill. We pay seven pounds. We don't like it, we leave it alone. The same thing. <laughs> Some people come to say, oh, these Arabs, when they come here, we go to your Road, they leave their meal in the plate. When you go to their houses, they cook a lot of food, they throw it in the bin. We do the same thing. Whether you have less or you have more, when you throw it, you don't realize there is somebody less fortunate than yourself who needs what you have thrown away. There are people picking from the bins. I traveled and I have seen with my own eyes. I wish you traveled. Put a rack on your back or a sack on your back. Travel. Walk around India, Africa, South America. You will see children eating from the bins. Then every time one grain of rice falls, you will pick it and eat it. If your food falls on the floor, it doesn't say dirty right away, you will eat it. Because you realize this is ni'mah Allah has provided for you and you should not. So Allah is telling us, the more we receive, the more neglectful we are of him, and the more oppressive to ourselves by being excessive in what we do. Uh, we waste a lot. Allah said, we don't want that. So we restrain your rizq. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Surah Al-Dhariyat, this surah is so beautiful. I encourage everybody to read it. If you have never read it, it is one of the most beautiful surahs. It speaks a lot about risk. It's the only surah that speaks a lot about risk. Surah number 51 in the Quran. And I picked verses 56 to 58. In which Allah said, I have not created the jinn nor the humans only to get to know me. I don't want them to provide for me. All of us, you know, 
when we learn and we get qualifications, we don't want to give from our knowledge, from our uh, know-how to anybody without receiving money. Okay, you want me to do this? How much will you pay me? Allah said, I created you to know me and I'm giving you everything, but I don't want you to sustain me. I don't want you. All the prophets, they never take reward for what they do. I don't ask you to pay me for teaching you. I don't want it. This is the idea of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And I don't want the human nor the jinn to feed me. Allah cannot be fed. Allah does not eat or drink. So the sustenance is for you to benefit yourself so that you can get some energy and strength while you are living on this earth to spend your time striving to get to know who your Lord is, who Allah is. That's the whole idea about Inna Allah huwa razzaqu al matin. Indeed Allah, it is He the sustainer, the most powerful, the strong. He sustains everything. Believe me, we humans, we plot, we plan, we do everything. Brothers, can we move forward? We do everything but yet, we are unable to look after ourselves properly. But Allah does. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, through his power, he is able to sustain everything that we know and everything that we don't know. There are creatures we know and there are creatures we don't know. Allah sustains them and look after them because he created them, as we said earlier on. In Surah Al-Ankabut, Surah number 17, 29, sorry, Verse number 17, Allah says, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ تَعْبُدُونَ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ Allah is addressing the non-believers. Indeed, those you worship without, beside Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, لَا يَمْلِكُونَ لَكُمْ رِزْقًا They do not possess any sustenance for you. You can't turn to other than Allah and ask them for sustenance. Never. Even somebody who employs you. I don't tend them for my risk. I tend to Allah. But they require a service. If Allah provides for me the energy, the knowledge to provide it, I will do it because He will provide for Him to provide for me. But He's not my provider. Allah is my provider. I was told earlier on, in regard of this, a beautiful statement from somebody I love very much. لا تخفل بابنا الله قد فتحه لك do not close the door Allah has opened for you. So you are in a job. Don't say, I'm bored with this job. And you leave it. Stay and stick and do your work because maybe that's the only means or the only way, Umar and the brother come. You can sustain your sustenance. You can get your rizq. Do not shut the door Allah opened for you. This is something I tell you. لا تخفل بابا الله قد فتح لك. ولو فتح الله لك ولو قفل الله لك بابا فتحت لك أبوابا. If Allah closed the door for you, many doors will open. So if suddenly anything you are striving to do is closed before you, لا تضجر. Don't be frustrated and upset and angry and Frightened and worried. What for? Don't pull your hair. 
Don't rip your clothes. Don't hit the wall. Don't kick things. Don't swear. Don't question Allah. Why me? Why this happened to me? Don't do that. For Allah knows one door when it is closed without your own permission to be closed, Allah will open many doors. Allah is my witness. I had a successful, beautiful business in this city, London. When I graduated and I got married and I realized I have to be responsible now. My family was responsible for me. I should be responsible myself. So I opened myself an office in the city. Three months down the road, Allah has opened for me a bigger. So I opened a shop in Oxford Street. I used to sell a lot of money. And when property was cheap, the, the money I used to sell, in one day I could buy a property every day. And one day I saw, after almost one year, everything is going well, the sheikh in my dream came saying to me, close it. When I said, I'm going to close it, everybody who knows me said, are you crazy? Are you mad? Why should you close it? I said, Allah is ordering me to close it, I'm going to close it. I closed it. I did not even worry where my risk will come from next. I traveled to my country. I came back. The day I arrived, I put my bag like this. The telephone rang. We need you. What for? We have a job for you. I didn't even apply for a job. So when you don't worry about that side of it, Allah will take care of it. When you don't question Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala about what he promised to do for you, as long as you do what you Promise to do for him, he will look after him. He doesn't break his promises. Do what Allah commanded you to do, and Allah will take care of what he promised to do on your behalf. Allah says, subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Dhariyat again, Surah 51, verses 22 and 23. And in the heavens is your sustenance, and whatever you have been promised. By the Lord of the heaven and the earth, Allah is making an oath to us. Why does Allah have to make an oath for us? Don't we trust him? Don't we believe in him? They say in Mecca there was a nomad. Subhanallah. This nomad, Allahu Akbar. This nomad is making tawaf, and suddenly he heard a man reciting these verses. When it came to he just screamed, why does my Lord have to make an oath for us? We are the creator, and he's the creator, and he just breathed loudly, and he fell down dead. Because he couldn't believe. Why should Allah? Just like your father in the morning saying to you, Look, Wallahi, I'm going to buy you dinner tonight. Don't worry. <laughs> you don't have to. Your mother say, Wallahi, I'm going to cook your food tonight. Don't worry about it. Why should your mother make an oath for you to cook or not to cook? She's going to do it because she's your mother. Your father is going to strive to earn living because he's your father. This is his responsibility towards you. So this is here what Allah is telling us. Your sustenance is with him. And everything he promised you for this world or the hereafter is with him. And if you don't believe him, he's making an oath. By the heaven and the earth, this is the truth. As you speak. In Surah Hud, 
to make us understand. It's not just us who are receiving this sustenance. Everything. There is no creature on this earth crawling, walking, flying. Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is sustaining them. All the creatures in the sea or on the land or on the air, wherever they might be, we know them or we're not, Allah is sustaining them. In Surah Al-Dhariyat, Surah number 51 again, verse 58, Allah says, In Allah indeed Allah is the one who sustains so when you need to think about your sustenance always put in your mind in Allah Allah is the sustain Allah will sustain me nobody else I just need to do my job if there is no work to do I need to strive to find work if I find the work I need to be diligent to be honest to be truthful to be steadfast to be punctual and do my job Many of us don't do these things. Even if we don't have a job. We tend to be claiming to be sick and we're not sick. We're doing something and then we get there late and we make an excuse of the traffic. This is lying. It's not Islam. We should be examplers when it comes to this kind of things. In Surah Al-Hajj, Surah number 22, verse 58, Allah says, Indeed, Allah is the best of the providers. The best. I always make dua and I say, Ya Allah, Ya Rahman, Ya Rahim, Ya Arhamar Rahimim. Ya Allah, Ya Razak, Ya Khairul Razakim. Because one of his names is Khairul Razakim. Not just Razak, but the best of those who sustains is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Here, I will conclude by saying لا بد لنا أن نسعى من أجل الحلال الطيب وأن نبتعد من الحرام غير الطيب It is a must that we strive to achieve our sustenance through halal ways and when we buy things to wear, to live in to eat or drink or to use in our life generally from the resources we need, they must be good not just lawful, good. Don't buy something rotten. Don't buy something bad that will cause you problems. Today we see in the world a lot of shops are making a lot of money because they are not just selling us the halal, but there is the halal and the good one. So that means that is not good. That's not healthy. Buy the healthy food. It's not just for joke. This is reality. Buy something good. Don't buy something rotten. Don't go and buy things that people want to throw away. Buy that which will please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because Allah says, halal wa tayyib. Not just halal, halal and good in the meantime. Allah says about this in Surah Al-Ma'idah, Surah 5, number, verse number 88. And do eat from what Allah has provided for you, that which is halal, lawful, and good. Tayyib meaning good. Many of us, when we look at the means of sustaining ourselves, and we strive and we work and we earn, there are only two things we think about. What can I use to better myself? Whether, whether I eat, drink, wear, gadgets, whatever, live, drive a car, you want to have the best for yourself. And what can I invest? 
There is a third element to this. Yes, do that. But what can you spend for Allah or on behalf of Allah? Allah says in the Quran, A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajeem, in Surah Al-Munafiqoon, Surah number 63, the hypocrites, verse number 10. Anfiqu mimma radaqnaakum. We're going to sustain you. It is upon us to sustain you, O children of Adam. But do spend and share from what we have provided for you. Min qabli ayyati ahadakumul mot. Before one of you is ready to die. It is so sad for a human being who did not spend from what Allah has given to them. When you are lying there dying, it will become the most terrible thing for you. And then you will say, Arji'oon, return me back. You know what you, you will say to the malaika when they say, why should we return you back? To do what? So that I can give him charity. And I become one of those grateful. Everything Allah gave to me, I'm going to share now. But it's finished. Just like one person did the exam and the exam is finished. And he came back and said, what do you want? Can I have my paper back? What for? <laughs> I, I want to do better. I want, I want to get that distinction. Distinction? It's done. Rufi al-qalam suhuf. The pen has been taken away and the ink is dry. Once you are there and the sore reaches the throat, there is no return. The malaika who are working to get your soul out and Israel are so happy. Enough, you have done damage on this earth. Return back. Please, you have three dimensions regarding your risk. And one of them is so important. Of course, yourself. Okay? And that which you are responsible for. From your family. But then, others. Whom you are not related to. Whom you don't know. And they need from what Allah has given to you. I feel so glad when I look at people who are very charitable. I remember once I was watching television, they brought this old pensioner, an Englishman. There was a drought in East Africa. And he went to the bank and drawn all his savings. And he gave it in charity. They asked him, but what are, what are you living for yourself? They are dying for goodness sake. And you are asking me what I'm living for. I have something to eat and drink. This is just saving. I'm not using it. I don't need it. Do we as Muslims or believers or people of faith think like that? No. We don't. No. We don't. And this is why sometimes I question myself whether our faith is true or not. Because we need to be genuine. Allah said, do not give everything you have and then depend upon others to look after you. But nor hold your hand tight to your neck and become a very stingy person. Always share from what Allah has given to you. Because Allah is going to give you more. Surah Al-An'am, verse 151, Surah number 6. Allah tells us something else that we worry about. We Without realizing, they are killing their children because they are fearing poverty. So what is happening? The wife will come and say, I'm pregnant now. And the man is panicking. Astaghfirullahaladzim. We can't cope. We have no money to look after another child. Get rid of it. Astaghfirullahaladzim. 
This person has no iman because he thinks he is providing. Unlike nobody. We, in Sudan, we say in the Arabic slang, Allah never opened a mouse and neglected it. Once Allah created a creation, He sustains it. Not like us. How many men living in Britain here, we hear about them, they get girlfriends or married a woman and have children and they run away. <laughs> How can you run away? This is your children. We men are responsible for the children, not their mothers. So that association or organization that run after parents to provide them with them. <laughs> they should provide for those children. You can't have children and then run away and not provide for them. You are the father. And the father is responsible for his children. You see? Not the mother is responsible for the child. The mother is responsible for caring and looking after <coughs> and giving that love. But the father is providing for that child. Because he's a child. Allah says, وَلَا تَقْتُلُوا أَوْلَادَكُمْ Surah Al-An'am Surah number 6, verse 151. Do not kill your children min imlaq, out of fear. نَحْنُ نَرْزُقُكُمْ وَيَّهُمْ We will provide for you and them. You know, sometimes your life is controlled and your rizq is not coming in abundance. But once you get married, more rizq comes. You say, wow, my life is changed. Once you have a child, more rizq comes. This is what happened to all of us. You have your own risk, but then when you get a wife, her risk will come. When you have a child, his risk will come. And some people don't realize, maybe one of your children Allah is going to give them an abundance. Yeah. And then you are going to be lucky. Many parents live from the earning of their children. How many stars in the world, they have nothing, living a life of poverty, and suddenly their children become billionaire, billionaires. And the parents are Enjoying not their own, but their children. Without that child, they will not have this risk. You see, so this is something to think about. And Allah says in Surah At-Talaq, the divorce, Surah number 65, verse number 3, And whosoever fear Allah, Allah will give them a way out of their difficulty. And provide for them from a space or a place that they had never thought of. Never worry. If there is a couple <coughs> who are married and suddenly it becomes difficult and it came to divorce, they should divorce amicably. But today, the rich, the famous, and the poor, when it comes to divorce, they fight for the last penny. Resource of talaq. Islam is so beautiful. Allah says, don't worry about your rizq. Because at the end of the day, if you are fighting over who will have what, what about the children? And therefore, you find a lot of the women... When it comes to divorce, they use their children as the means of negotiation. You're not going to see them. And the father is panicking. I, I have to see them. No, you're not going to see them. Over my dead body, you see your children. That is wrong. The father has a right to see his children. But it is wrong from him not to provide for them once the separation takes place and to give her her right. You can't have it all. Now you have the children and have everything. It's a matter of sharing. There is a responsibility Allah gave in the Quran. What did the Messenger Sallallahu says about rizq? قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إن من عبادي لمن لا يصلحه إلا الفقر Indeed, some of my servants nothing will benefit them only when we 
ريديوس ذير ريزق ميك ات ليس ولو اغنيته لافسدت عليه دينه بس اذا سستين ذيم وذ اكسترا ذن جيف ذيم مور اي ويل سبويل ذير فيث فور ذيم بيبول اي ثينك كم اون هاو كود ذيس هابن اي ام اول رايت ام ا فيري جود بليف ام ا سترونج اف الله جيف مور ام نوت غون بي رون اي بروميس يو باي الله اي هاف سين ماني بيبول they were steadfast in the mosque they were in the front line they were rushing regularly they were always doing the right thing the moment they are busy earning they are not doing it anymore when you ask them oh life is tough what do you mean life is tough every day you are in the masjid now because you have got more money you don't come to the masjid but you find there are rich people they are always in the masjid because allah knows he gave them they will do it allah did not give you because he knows once he gives you you are going to run away So here, Rasulullah is telling us, Allah said in the Hadith Al-Qudsi, there are those whom I restrain and reduce their sustenance because if I give them in abundance or give them more, I will spoil their faith for them. Okay? And vice versa. Some of my servants, nothing will make them better. Only if I give them more. And if I reduce their sustenance, I will spoil their faith for them. And this is true. Some people enjoy giving. I know some brothers, they can't stop giving. Wallahi, Allah is my witness. I used to have a cousin of mine. When I used to go and visit Sudan and see him, I used to be proud of him. He will be coming out of his house in the morning and there will be a queue, a mile. And he will sit in his Range Rover and he will open a bag in front of him and the window is open and the queue will come and take. I don't know how much money he has. $50,000, $100,000. And he just gives. And I noticed one thing that made me think. Sometimes there is somebody in the queue, he said, you, stand away. I felt sad. Why are you speaking on these people taking them and not giving them? Without me asking the question, just whispering to show that how good he is, after he arrived and we were going away to his office, he would tell me, you know, Sheikh, those I took out, I give them a regular salary, but they are greedy. They come and queue again. I don't want them to be greedy. The hand that gives is better than that that receives. I know their need, so I give them a salary because they have children or they have somebody ill at home. Allahu Akbar. When he died in his janata, there were too many people there. And people were asking, who are you? We were the people whom this man used to sustain. So I said to his children, they were young at that time, just in university, colleges, you have a big responsibility. Whatever your father left for you, you need to carry that. And the second younger son said to him, what about maybe in his teenage? He used to go and pray with me. And he said to me, Allah, Sheikh, you said something special. Because I really feel my father was special by doing this. And Allah gave him this responsibility. But now leaving all those things and those people, we must look after it. Very, very important. If your father was rich, your brother, your family, and leave anything, you should give it. In another hadith reported by Tirmidhi and Ibn Majah, قال رسول الله السلام, the messenger peace be upon him says, قال رب العزة تعالى, the Lord Almighty said in a hadith قصي, يا ابن آدم, تفرغ لعبادتي, O son of Adam, be always busy with my worship, أملأ صدرك غنا, وأسد فقرك, I will give you content within your heart, I will fill your heart with contentment and I will remove your poverty. And I warn you, if you don't do that, I will fill your heart with worries 
anxiety, maybe fear, and even maybe depression. And I will not take away poverty. I'll keep you in that position. So this is from the point of view of the Quran. The risk and where it comes from and our duty towards it. It is from Allah. We should not worry. We should not fear. We should always realize whatever we receive is what is written for us. We need to strive to achieve that which is halal, that which is good. We need to realize that we should share it with those who have not. We need to make sure that at the end of the day, those whom we are responsible for, we should spend over them. How can we make it easy? That is where the lesson is. How can we make this easy for ourselves? Number one, to make your risk easier to achieve an increased giving charity. Allah said in the Quran in Surah Al-Baqarah, Surah number two, مَثَلُ الَّذِينَ يُنْفِقُونَ أَمْوَالَهُمْ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ كَمَثَلِ حَبَّةٍ أَنْبَتَ السَّبَعَ سَنَابِلِ فِي كُلُّ سُنْبُلَةٍ مِّيَا تَحَبَّ وَاللَّهُ يُضَعِفُ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ The example of those people who give from what we have given to them. For the sake of Allah, giving on behalf of Allah. Because when you give the faqir, Allah is receiving. Allah gives, take from you and give the faqir. Allah loves you when he gives you, if when you give. Think about it. Allah is giving you, and then he's taking it from you. To give to the faqir. You're not giving the faqir. Yadullah faqaidihim, Allah says. The hand of Allah, when the faqir is putting his hand, although you are worried, you touch his dirty hand, he might give you some germ, they're gonna die. <laughs> but Allah's hand is there. You know, there are some problems that cannot be removed from your life unless you touch them and you hold them. That's why the Prophet used to love them. Allahumma ahini miskina. Oh Allah, allow me to be alive as a miskin. One only just have his day. And let me die among them. And resurrect me with them. Many of us will never make this dua. No imam will dare to make this dua in the masjid because the musallin will get us and beat us up. <laughs> More risk. اللهم ارزقنا حلالا طيبا واسعا امين everybody says what if i said اللهم احينا مساكين استغفر الله have you ever heard a sheikh doing this dua no the dua of the prophet اللهم احيني مسكينا this is sunnah but no imam will dare i'm telling you the musallin will beat him up or they will never come and pray with them الله اكبر one man convert muslim whom I used to love very much, very steadfast, very strong, had a job for life working with the council in Hackney. And one night I was giving this lesson and I gave this dua on a Thursday night. Saturday, he came rushing, I was teaching in the center, and the man came and told me that somebody waiting for me. When I came down the stairs and I saw him, Salamu alaikum, my brother, how are you? He said, I'm all right. I said, you look worried. What's wrong? He said, I got the sack. What do you mean you got the sack? I read the dua, you told us to read. <laughs> I said to him, brother, did you do it? Believe in Allah? He said, of course. I want to do what the Prophet did. I said to him, then have no fear. Allah will never let you down. But I'm worried. I have this job. I, all, I, I had never been unemployed in my life. I said to him, strive. Alhamdulillah, he understood and strive. But imagine the worry coming to me saying, <laughs> I've been sacked. 
No. Allah gives. Allah never takes away. Okay? So, if you give one, this verse, Allah says, okay? The example of those who spend from what we gave to them, like the person who put one seed on the ground of corn, and it will grow. It gives seven-year corns. In each year corn, there will be a hundred corns. How many? Seven hundred. To me, if you give a pound, Allah will give you seven hundred pounds. Wallahi ladhi la ilaha illahu. I praise Allah and I thank Him and I swear by His almighty name. Which there is no name beside Him that I will swear by. That I never gave. Only He has given me in abundance. This is the truth. Give, Allah will give you. Don't be frightened. Don't fear poverty. Don't fear it. When Allah gives you, He will give you again. Rasulullah says, when Allah says, Allah will give you 700, but at the end of the verse, Allah says, those who are sincere in giving, Allah will multiply more. You give a pound, Allah says, I'll give you 700. This is the promise. But for some, Allah will give more. In my work, when I train teachers and do this, this is my job. They ask me how much you charge. I said, look, this is my charge. And usually you charge per day anything between 700 to 1,000 something. Well, like, sometimes people, I go to them, and when I finish, I, they, I don't tell them what I'm earning. <coughs> when I come back and I open my bag, I think they made a mistake. I ring them and said, you made a mistake. What do you mean? I said, I just did one day work and you paid me 6,000 pounds. I said, that's it. That's what you earn. That's your risk. Who gives? Not them. Allah told them to give. It's a job. It's not, it's not just going and uh, sitting and asking them. I'm, I'm doing a job. Your work. Imagine you go to your work. Why people get bonuses? Somebody working in the city, maybe his salary at the end of the year, 200,000 pounds, but he gets a bonus of 2-3 million pounds. Because of the effort they put into the work. So they deserve that kind of thing Allah provides for them. So the very thing that we need to do in order for us to make it easier when it comes to sustenance, trusting and believing in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as the provider and sharing from what Allah is giving to us. Give in charity and make sure you pay your zakah annually. And your zakah is 2.5% of what you have saved. You have your current account and you have your saving account. I'm not worried about your current account. I'm worried about your saving account. How much did you save there and it is staying in that account for one year and you have not used it? If it is equivalent to the threshold, 85 grams of gold or more, give. If it is less, no. Some people calculate it and they find there is a difference of a pound. Say, I'm not. Just give it for goodness sake. Because these prices are made by men, maybe right or wrong. So give. You are supposed to give in everything that you have saved. Except for your home that you live in, your car that you drive, and women, jewelry that they wear. But women that buy jewelry and save it, put it in the saving place somewhere, that is saving as well. They must give to one and a half percent of that jewelry. But if they are wearing it, they don't have to give from it. Second thing, we must have trust Allah will never reduce our charity. But then we come to what you need to do as believers in the Prophet who taught us what we can do to increase the risk. This is when we are worried. Allah knows we are weak. The human is weak. If suddenly you go to your workplace tomorrow morning and they say, well, your salary is going to be reduced. Your number of days are going to be cut. 
you're going to be sacked. You're going to be made redundancy. Too much fear in your heart. This is the reality. So what can we do? There are things that we do. These are books written by my teachers. Very good men. Sayyid Muhammad Ali al-Maliki, Rahmatullah Ali, had written a very beautiful book called Abu Al-Faraj. The doors of opening for Muslims or believers who want to be close to Allah. In his book, he taught us, Rahmatullah Ali, that one of the best dhikr that you can read every day, the Prophet taught us, these are all from the Prophet to make it easier to achieve our sustenance and to have no fear, is to read La Hawla wa La Quwata illa Billahi al al Azim. And I'm going to read the hadith for you so that people will realize this is the Prophet teaching us. This is in Tabarani. Abu Hurairah says, The Messenger peace be upon him says, Man albasahu Allahu ni'matan falyukthib min alham. Whosoever Allah bestow upon them a bounty should say a lot by their tongue, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Increase saying this word. ومن كثر الذنوبه فليستغفر الله. Whosoever realized that he has accomplished a lot of wrong in their life, fell in the trap of shaitan and did a lot of sins, they should seek forgiveness from Allah. Astaghfirullah. Astaghfirullah. ومن أبطأ عليه رزقه and whosoever his risk or her risk is not coming easy to them, فليكثر من لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم. He should increase the repetition of saying this statement, لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم. In another hadith reported by Ibn Abi Dunya, the Prophet ﷺ said, من قال لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم مئة مرة في كل يوم لم يصفه فقر أبدا. Whosoever recite every day a hundred times لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم, you will never be poor. There's a difference between being poor and being needy, miskeen. A poor meaning you have nothing. You put your hand on us. This is being poor. And therefore we look at the Prophet, what he did about faqr. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-faqr. Oh Allah, I seek refuge in you from being needy to others. But miskeen, I have my day. I have what I need for the day. Tomorrow is in your hand, Allah. That's miskeen. So whosoever recite every day a hundred times you will never be in poverty we try this and we do it every day we never let it go this is what we were taught as children our parents did it for us and our children are doing alhamdulillah and inshallah we hope to be kept in the future generation to come the second thing that we need to read is surah al-waqi'ah ibn maz'ud radiallahu ta'ala anhu Imam al-Bayhaqi, fi shu'ab al-Iman, a book called shu'ab al-Iman, Ibn Mas'ud reported that, Sami'tu Rasulullah sallam yaqool, I heard the messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say, Man qara'a surat al-waqi'a kulla layla, lam tusifu faqa. Whosoever recite this surah al-waqi'a every night before they go to bed, they will never be in need. In my country, in Saudi Arabia and in Yemen, these three countries, we are taught to always read Surah Al-Waqi'ah. The way I was brought up, when we were young and learning the Quran, every day in the morning we read Yasin, and every evening we read Yasin, because it makes you happy all day and every night. And the Prophet said in the Hadith. 
Every night before we go to bed, we read Surah Al-Mulk because it is going to come and stand and protect us in the day of judgment and in the grave. So you will not be questioned. Take you to heaven. And every day after Asr, we read Surah Al-Waqi'ah so that Allah will never make us poor. Allah will make us always give rather than receive. This is what we were taught when we were young. So read Surah Al-Waqi'ah. Oh, Anas ibn Malik says, the Prophet says, Surah Al-Waqi'ah, Surah Al-Ghina. Al-Waqi'ah is a surah of contentment. It will give you contentment. Read it and recite it every day and teach it to your children. In Saudi Arabia, parents make sure the children memorize the surah. You know why? Because they lived a tough life earlier and Allah made their life easier. They are fearing to go back to that, which was then. So never to return back to that way. So please, it is a very short surah, and you can memorize it and read it every day. How can dunya come easy? Many of us, subhanAllah, they work hard, but they earn little. They strive and achieve, but they don't make ends meet. And they knock doors, and they close before them. And they say, life is tough. How can we make dunya easy for us. The Prophet teaches us. Ibn Umar, the companion, says, a man came to the Prophet and says, Ya Rasulullah, inna dunya adbarat anni, watawallat. O Messenger of Allah, dunya has turned away from me and left me. The Prophet turned to him and said to him, فَأَيْنَ أَنْتَ مِنْ صَلَاةَ الْمَلَائِكَ وَتَسْبِحَ الْخَلَاءِ Where are you from the Salah of the angels? And the glorification of the creation of Allah. And through which they receive sustenance. That means there is a salah the malaika say. And there is a dua or a dhikr. All the creatures like the fish in the sea. And all the birds and all the animals and the insects they do. Through which they receive the sustenance. When you hear the frogs making all this noise. It's not noise. They're remembering Allah to achieve their sustenance when the birds are flying, mashallah, in beautiful formation in the heavens. They don't have any training to do this. You see, billions sometimes flying, they don't hit one another. How do they do it? This is the form of the zikr, remember, so Allah can provide for them. He said to him, Qul al-fajri. Say at the break of dawn, Subhanallah wa bihamdihi, Subhanallah al azim Astaghfirullah, mi'ata marra ta'atika dunya saqira. Subhanallah wa bihamdihi, subhanallah al-azim, astaghfirullah. Subhanallah wa bihamdihi, subhanallah al-azim, astaghfirullah. This is one part of our zikr, we do every day. But we were taught to do it after you pray your sunnah al-fajr, to rak'ah, then we do this. Then we get up to pray fajr. When you go to the masjid, for example, and pray, they wait for you until everybody, maybe 15 minutes, 20 minutes, then the imam will lead the prayer. Why does he wait for 20 minutes? One reason is for people to come together and assemble, but another reason to give people a chance to do this as car. Because salah is for remembering Allah, and these are part of the remembrance of Allah. So you read, Subhanallah wa bihamdihi, Subhanallah al-Azim, Astaghfirullah. Glory be to Allah and thanks. Glory be to Allah the most great. I seek forgiveness from him. Glory be to Allah and thanks. Glory be to Allah, the most great. I seek forgiveness from Allah. If you read this a hundred times every day, 
dunya will come running to you. Look what the man went and did this. Listen what happened to him. The man left and spent some time. ثم عاد few days later he came back. يا رسول الله أو مسنجر في الله لقد أقبلت الدنيا عليه فما أدري أين أضعها. الدنيا has come to me in abundance. I don't know where to put it. That means too much I am receiving now. I don't know what to do with it. This hadith is reported, okay, by Imam Malik, rahmatullahi alayhi. So please remember this is something that can make your life easier. Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha said that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said this. Lama ahbata Allahu adama ila al-ard when Allah brought down Adam to the earth qama waja'a ka'ba Adam got up and went to the Kaaba. فَصَلَّى رَقَعَتَيْنِ He prayed two rak'ahs. فَأَلْهَمَهُ اللَّهُ هَذَا الدُّعَاءِ Allah has inspired him this dua. اللهم أنت تعلم سري وعلانيتي فاقبل معذرتي. O Allah, you know what I conceal within my heart. And that which I make apparent. Accept my apology. وَتَعْلَمُ حَاجِتِي فَأَعْطِنِي سُؤُلِي And you know my need. Give me what I ask for. وَتَعْلَمُ وَفِي نَفْسِي فَاخْبِرْ لِي ذَنْبِي And you know what is within me. Forgive my sins. اللهم إني أسألك إيمانا يباشر قلبي. O Allah, I ask you a faith that will be filling my heart. ويقينا صادقا and conviction in trusting in you. حتى أعلم أنه لا يصيبني إلا مقتلت لي. Until I know nothing will harm me only that which you have ordained for me. وأرضني بما قسمت لي. And make me content with that which you provide for me. Then Allah inspired him. Ya Adam, O Adam, I accepted your repentance. And forgiven your sin. And no human will ever ask me by this dua. Only that I will forgive them. And I will Give them whatever they require and they need. وَذَجَرْتَ عَنْهُ الشَّيْطَانَ And remove the way from their past Iblis, the devil. وَاتَّجَرْتَ لَهُ مِنْ وَرَاءِ كُلِّ تَاجِرٍ وَأَقْبَلَتْ إِلَيْهِ الدُّنْيَا رَاقِمَةً وَإِلَّمْ يُرِدْهَا And everybody who will do good, he will receive from their good and dunya will come to them even if they don't need it. Allah will make life easy. This dua, inshallah, I'm going to compile it. I'll give it to Isa. We translate it in English, and then he will put it in the website, and you can take it, inshallah. Everybody can get it. This in Arabic and English, inshallah. I will do it in Arabic and English. Very beautiful dua. This is the part of our adhkar we read every day. Another dhikr that we do to make rizq easier, it is reported from the Prophet Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu ta'ala anhu says, the messenger peace be upon him says, man qala kulla yawm mi'ata marra, whosoever repeat this dhikr every day a hundred times, لا إله إلا الله الملك الحق المبين لا إله إلا الله everybody knows this الملك the king الحق the truth المبين the one who clarifies right from wrong to us كان له أمانا من الفقر it will be إن شاء الله security for him or her from poverty وأنسا من وحشة القبر this is what I'm looking for and someone who will come to sit by you when you are alone in your grave I was taught a salah from my sheikh 
I pray every night before I go to bed called Salat al-Uns. You can pray it after Maghrib or pray it after Isha. Two rak'ahs. The first rak'ah, Allahu Akbar, Fatiha and Kafirun. Second rak'ah, Fatiha and Ikhlas. When we finish, we ask Allah, Oh Allah, make those two rak'ahs a companion in the grave. MashaAllah. We call it Salat al-Uns. Ikhlas, Kafirun, Fatiha and Kafirun. Second, Fatiha and Ikhlas. Salat al-Uns. But if you read La ilaha illallah al-malikul haqq al-mubin 100 times a day, it will also come on. You need more companions. In your grave, you need companions. Otherwise, munkar and lukair, Allahu Akbar. A'udhu billah. And the snake that comes, the snake that comes and punishes you in your grave because Allah bestowed upon you rizq and you did not use it properly or abuse it or waste it or just store it and you die and leave it. Recently they found a man in America. He has, I think, half a million dollars in his bed, under his bed. How could he do that? You shouldn't just store money. Either utilize it, use it. I'm telling you, as young people, if you are saving money, don't save it, just save it. Invest it is better so that people can work and use it. Better. Because wealth should not be accumulated and just put like that. It should be used, used all the time. <coughs> وَالَّذِينَ يَكْنِزُونَ الذَّهَبُ وَالْفِضَّ Allah says, those who will put it away and not utilize it, nobody is benefiting from it, it will be burnt in the hellfire, and your forehead and your side will be burnt with it. يُمَتُكْوَ بِهَا جِبَاهُهُمْ وَجْدُنُوبُهِمْ So I will say, but I realize as young people, you don't have a lot of saving, maybe you have 10,000, 20, you are trying to buy a property, but it cannot buy you even the doorstep, leave alone the room. <laughs> So what you need to do is, as young people, to think of ideas. People come together and make cooperative. 20 brothers each, what 20, 30, something, and buy properties, rent them, make money. That way. I wish I was young like you, I could do these things. You see? Simple, easy. Nobody can stop you from doing this thing, but it needs young people who are trustworthy and people who can trust in them. Because a lot of people say, where am I investing? People used to come to me, Sheikh, I have six thousand pounds. What am I? I said, I'm not a businessman. What am I going to tell you? I told people who are in business, please help them. But nobody listens. You need people to help you, insha'Allah, to benefit yourself. This is to do with increasing your sustenance from Sayyid, Sayyid Muhammad Alawi al-Maliki from his book. Okay? Beautiful book that I love very much. Okay? Above al-Faraj. But then we come to al-istighfar, seeking forgiveness. And in Mafatih al-Mafatih, the keys of the keys, the Sheikh says, Al-Istighfar huwa al-maa al-ladhi nakhthil bihi al-qulub. Seeking forgiveness from Allah by just saying those two words, Astaghfirullah, or Astaghfirullah al-Azim. It is the water through which we cleanse our heart. Lunuzil awsakh wa aghdhar al-dhunub. To remove the dirt, okay, of the sins that we commit. And it is the light that wipe away the darkness of disobedience to Allah. Then the servant will return to the light of the one who sustained him. Because Rahman literally meaning the one who brings you the benefit you need, which is sustenance. To give him a light through which he can walk in this life. For this reason, tawba, repentance, is the key for every success. Allah says, 
لعلكم تفلحون and do repent fully all you who believe perhaps you succeed فالاستغفار يستنزل به الرزق والقيث فالاستغفار يستنزل به الرزق والقيث when we seek forgiveness we are asking Allah to provide for us and we are asking Allah to bring rain for us when there is drought we pray and ask Allah through istighfar Allah said in the Quran in Surah Hud verse number 52 رَبَّكُمْ O my people seek forgiveness from your Lord then repent unto him he will bring a lot of rain from the heaven for you and he will give you more strength to what you already have and do not turn away from him subhanahu wa ta'ala a man came to Al-Hasan al-Bisri Al-Hasan al-Bisri is a beautiful man a very very wonderful man the greatest scholar of the Tabi'een he died in the year 110 Hijri imagine from the day the Prophet made Hijri to Medina 110 years later he passed away rahmatullah he's not just a scholar for us he is maybe one of the earliest scholars of what we call Zuhd relinquishing the love for the dunya the lower world and investing in the love for Allah for the hereafter inshallah we are going to do a series of 12 great noblest Zahideen men of Zuhd starting with Uwais al-Qarani the Prophet asked us to read about him and then Ali bin al-Abideen ibn al-Husayn and then we come to Al-Hasan al-Bisri and we carry on until we come to a great scholar who lives in uh, Egypt, in the Resi, buried there called Abu al-Hasan al-Shadali. My idea is to do this series for us to learn how to live with dignity and honor through the example of men who lived, divorced the dunya, but yet lived with dignity and honor and work for the hereafter. The way we are going to do it, for you to receive two rewards. The reward of learning and putting in practice the knowledge we teach and the reward of sponsoring an orphan. Do you realize if you sponsor an orphan for 15 pounds he will be sheltered, closed and educated for one year. 15 pounds a month, one year is 180. We're going to do 12. We will do this in 12, inshallah, weeks within three months or four months. We start in March and we finish, inshallah, sometime in May. Yeah, just before Ramadan we finish. Please register for this course because I really feel we need to help the orphan. The Prophet wasallam used to love the orphans for he is the greatest among those whom Allah has made to have that honor of being an orphan. And he made it clear, those who serve the orphan, look after the orphan, they will be closest to me in the Day of Judgment. So I want you, before you enter Ramadan, this will be your means of wiping away your sins. You pay that money. Either you can pay it all in advance to the charity that will look after those children. And wallah, the charity you will sponsor through which the money will go, no charity like it. I am going to be responsible. This charity is a beautiful charity. Their work, the man who established it, may Allah give him success with dunya wal akhirah. Because he said to me, Sheikh, when I wanted to sponsor the orphan or the widow or the old person, I want them to be having the same thing I'm having. I said to myself, this is a man who understands Allah. 
his messenger sallallahu and the deen for rasulullah says la yu'min ahadukum one of you will not claim to be a faithful human being until you love for your brother what you love for yourself so the orphan homes he is building he's not building orphanages he's building orphan homes so he will build a house for 10 orphan children and he will bring a woman who the widow to live with them and he will build a classroom for them not to go to a school to bring teachers to teach them in that house privileged children this is what you will gain inshallah paying 15 pound a month for us is nothing you can either <laughs> no when we start he will do it for you yeah you, you sponsor our intention is going to be Shnu. we're going to sponsor i'm going to do it myself you can sponsor two or three as you like but believe me either you pay the 180 so you're not really paying for us to for the place or anything alhamdulillah we're going to give this money straight away to the, to the poor child. So I'm going to enter and I say, Oh Allah, we are doing this, studying the life of those beautiful men for your sake, to learn you love them because who they are. Oh Allah, as you love them, through the best that they have done, love us. And we are doing what they loved, sponsoring the orphan, looking after the orphan. So we do it and we enter Ramadan with that intention, inshallah. And Isa will put this for you there. So Al-Hasan al-Bisri, a man came to him. And said to him, Oh Hassan, I am complaining to you about the drought we have in our area. He said to him, Go back and repeat a lot of astaghfirullah. A man came to him in the same majlis and said, Ya Hassan, I'm really finding it difficult, difficult earning my living. Life is becoming very hard. I'm becoming very poor. He said, Say astaghfirullah. Another man in the same majlis came and said to him, Oh Hassan, I am finding it difficult to achieve anything in my life. He said, say astaghfirullah. He said to them then, all of them sitting in front of him, Ma indi I never said anything from myself. When I tell you to say astaghfirullah for the drought, for poverty, for difficulty in your life, addressing the three people, but everybody who's sitting in the majlis, I am saying what Allah has taught us already. Allah said in the Quran, Istaghfiru Rabbakum innahu kana ghaffara. Turn to Allah and seek his forgiveness, for indeed he is most forgiving. <coughs> Once you ask him to forgive you, he will bring you rain from the heaven. So the man with drought will get his rain. And for those who need money or wealth or sustenance, Allah will give them money. And for those who are seeking children, Allah will give them children. And more than that, he will write good deeds that will take you to heaven in the day of judgment. And he will give you gardens in paradise. Now, do you know that the Prophet gave you a prescription to read every day from Istighfar? In fact, he gave you a few. But there is one prescription so simple, so easy. But we don't know it. And in fact, we live at a time and at an age when you find somebody like me uh, carrying a book, in it written, Awrad, they say, Astaghfirullah This is a Sufi book, we shouldn't read it. Not realizing that Sufi book only containing what the Prophet used to do every day. A word is that which you should repeat regularly. Salah is word. You can't join it together. You go to work in the morning and you say, look, I haven't got time to pray Fajr, but when I come back, inshallah, after I have my supper and after I play with my children, and make everybody go to bed, then I will pray my Fajr, Zuhur, Asr, Maghrib, and Isha, insha'Allah. Can you do that? Of course you can. I say to the person who wants to do that, okay, don't have your breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and snacks, have them all together at the end of the day. Put your cereals, 
<laughs> your soup, <laughs> your McDonald's, whatever you buy for your lunch, and then put your uh, couscous, whatever, ma'luba, and eat it at the end of the day. You can't do that. So you can't join. The Prophet gave us a prescription of something to do with seeking forgiveness. He called it Sayyidul Istighfar. Sayyidul Istighfar, the master of seeking forgiveness. He said, if you really want to be close to Allah, read it three times in the morning, three times in the evening. Let me read it as it is written by my Shaykh Rahmatullah. He says, Shaddad ibn Aws, this is one of the greatest companions. I remember my Shaykh when he used to say, Qala Shaddad, he used to sweat. I didn't used to understand. But then later when I read the story of this Shaddad, he's really Shaddad. He was a strong man who was not strong physically and want to fight people. No, he was strong in holding what the Prophet used to say. What the Prophet did, he want to do. What the Prophet said, he want to say. He want to teach people. قال شداد. شداد says, Ibn Aws, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم. The Prophet reported, Sayyidul Istighfar, the master of seeking forgiveness. Allahumma anta rabbi. Oh Allah, you are my Lord. لا إله إلا أنت. There is none worthy to be worshipped but you. خلقتني وأنا عبدك. You created me, and I am your servant. وأنا على عهدك. I am here to fulfill my promise to you. ووعدك. And you promise you gave to me. ما استطعت. As much as I can. Look at the Prophet Ah, because we are not going to fulfill 100%. ما استطعت. أعوذ بك من شر ما صنعت. I seek refuge in you from the evil that I have accomplished. أبوء لك بنعمتك علي. And I show gratitude and thanks to you for the ni'mah or the bounty that you bestowed upon me. And I declare before you my sin. Show me forgiveness. For it is indeed none can forgive my sin but you. When you read it, it makes you feel Allahu Akbar. You are declaring your face to Allah. You repeat this in the morning three times and in the evening three times. Don't say to me, well, I will read it six times before I go to bed. When the doctor says, two after breakfast, you are doctors. That's the doctor Umar sitting there. Two after breakfast, two after lunch. Can they, they take it all at once, six tablets at once? Can they? Of course not. You can't take six tablets. Well, I don't have time after lunch or I don't have breakfast. I will take them all together when I have my supper. No. <laughs> no. Do what the Prophet told us to do. Three times in the morning. It's not going to kill you. Just look at how short it is. Wallahi, it doesn't take me more than 30 seconds. One of Okay? Yani my Aurat book is quite big at home. When I, when I got it at the beginning from the Sheikh, I said, oh my God, this is going to take me a long time to read. But then when I realized, subhanAllah, this is divided through 24 hours, it became so easy. I wanted more to read. Before you sleep. Before you sleep. Three after Fajr in the morning, before you leave to go and find the rest. Okay? This is so important. Istighfar. And my Sheikh, again, in Abu Abu Farad, the doors of opening, I was reading this book one day, I was sitting in the Haram, and a man was looking at me. And he was just concentrating the doors of opening, the doors of ease. And every time I tell him I'm reading, when he said, where did you get it from? <laughs> I said, we don't sell them. They are given by the Sheikh. I want one of this. <laughs> Can you give me this? I said to him, I would love to give it to you, but my sheikh told me two things you never give away. If you have only one of them. This and this. Although we are supposed to be shamans, the sheikh says, have you ever seen a soldier 
giving his weapon to another soldier no. and go and get another one? No way. I'm a soldier of Allah. This is my weapon to find my nafs and shaitan, and this is my weapon too. So I need to keep it. If I have extra, I give it. Everything else I give, I can take my clothes and give to somebody. But my sibha and my book, if it is one, no. My sheikh once said to me, do you lend your books? I said, yeah, I do. He said, how many of them come back? I said, well, many don't come back. I said, never lend your books. <laughs> because your books are very important. I, I love my books. If I buy anything, I buy just buy books. Because books are knowledge. So my sheikh says, in regarding istighfar, okay, in Abu Faraj, this is to do with Yeah. Taking away the, our debt. Because one of the biggest problems that we have is to pay our debt. I know a lot of us sometimes suffer. Even the students who have borrowed to study. And I, I, I really don't understand those who are responsible for you today they are asking you to borrow to study when all of us study is free. In fact, some of my brothers older than me, when they went to university in Sudan, they didn't just study free. They give them a room for themselves in the university, like a five-star hotel, Allah, in Khartoum University. They provide for them breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and snacks for free. Not like what they have at home, like a five-star hotel. <coughs> in the weekend, they don't have to go to the dining room. They can call the food to their room, and they have a menu to choose from. What do you want for breakfast? You choose. What do you want for your lunch? Like a five-star hotel. And they give them a weekly wage, spending money. And then they give them free tickets for all the holidays to go and visit their family and come back. And when they finish their degree and they succeed, they can come to England, and they do their master's degree and PhD for free. It's why we have got 3,000 or 4,000 Sudanese doctors working in Britain. They never went back. <laughs> yeah? Very sad. But the country spend money on them. Why now you are suffering? I don't know. This is your luck anyway. You see, you have to borrow it. But if you have debt, don't worry about the debt because there are ways through which. Okay? Husham ibn Abdullah ibn Zubair, the companion, radiallahu ta'ala, and Huma, and Umar ibn Khattab, Khalifa says that he was inflicted by calamity. Who was inflicted? That Umar ibn Khattab was inflicted. He came to the Prophet and complained to him. And he asked the Prophet to help him by giving him some dates so that he can take maybe sell or use to benefit his family. فَقَالَ لَهُ النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ The Prophet ﷺ said to him, إِنْ شِئْتَ أَمَرْتَ لَكَ إِنْ شِئْتَ If you wish, I will ask them to give you money from Bayt al-Mal. This is like somebody unemployed, want extras to go and seek from here and there. I don't encourage that. I always tell people, don't depend upon somebody else. Work for your risk. Allah makes it easy for you. Okay? So the Prophet gave him this example. Do you want me to take from the government money and give you? Or shall I give you something else? What did he give him? And if you wish, I will teach you a word. 
or some word. Better for me, because when I give you this now, you will finish it and come back again. But if I teach you this word, you will never come back to me. He said, teach me the word. What are they? He said, قُلْ اللَّهُمَّ حَفَظْنِي بِالْإِسْلَامِ قَاعِدًا Oh Allah, keep me by my faith while I am sitting. وَحَفَظْنِي بِالْإِسْلَامِ رَاقِدًا Keep me with my faith while I am reclining. وَلَا تُطْمِعْ فِيَّ عَدُوًا وَلَا حَسِدًا and don't make any enemy or envious person to want that what I have. And I seek refuge in you in everything else that I worry about you are responsible for. And I ask you from all the goodness that is in your hand to give me. This is a dua given to Umar ibn Khattab by Rasulullah. He came asking for something that do you want me to give you? Or shall I give you something better? What did he give him better? Dua. Yes. So we will write this dua, inshallah, and Isa will put for you and you will benefit from. What time is it? Uh, Very good, alhamdulillah. Al-Hakim wal Bayhaqi, two wonderful, mashallah, muhaddithin, they said, Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha said, Qala li abi, you know who her father is, Abu Bakr Siddiq. Said to Aisha, Ala u'allimaka dua allamnihu Rasulullah sallam. Shouldn't I, Aisha, teach you a dua? The messenger taught me. Waqal. And the Prophet sallam said to Sayyidina Bakr Sadiq, Kana Isa yu'allimuhu al-hawariyin. Isa used to teach this dua to his companion. Walau kana alayka mithl uhud. Laqadahu Allahu anka. And even if you have a debt, in weight as much as the Mount of Uhud. That's a huge mountain. Imagine, who will have such debt? Only America, four trillions. <laughs> four trillions? I don't know. This is terrible. Okay. You, a country in Africa, a whole country, it is budget maybe 30 billion. And here, America have got four trillion in debt. I think it's more than that, but this is, they're ashamed to say that it's more. Four trillion. And inshallah, their new president wants to make it more. Yeah? If you have debt as much as the weight of Uhud, Allah will remove it. Aisha said, Bala, teach me this dua. Qala quli. Who's saying? Abu Bakr Sadiq. The Prophet taught him this dua and said to Aisha, You should learn it. Allahumma farij al ham. O you who remove depression. Kashif al gham. O you who remove calamities. Mujib da'wat al-Muttarreen. O you who answer the desperate in their need. Rahman al-Dunya wal-Akhira. The sustainer of the dunya, the lower world, and the hereafter. Warahimahuma. And the most merciful in both of them. Anta tarhamuni. You alone will show, you, show me mercy. Farhamni. Rahmatan tughnini biha al-Rahmat nasiwa. Show me mercy through which I require or need no mercy from any other creature. The companion of Bakr said to Aisha, وَكَانَتْ عَلَيَّ ذَنَابًا مِنْ دَيْنِ And I was in debt. وَكُنْتُ لِدَّيْنِ كَارِهًا And I used to dislike to be in debt. فَلَمْ أَلْبَثْ إِلَّا يَثِيرًا I did not spend a long time, but little time, حَتَّى جَاءَنِ اللَّهِ بِعَائِدًا Until Allah brought me benefit. فَقَضَ اللَّهُ عَنِّي مَا كَانَ عَلَيَّ مِنَ الدَّيْنِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala removed my debt from me. 
قالت عائشة عائشة ذن سيد وكان على علي لأسماء دين عائشة now is telling us after she used this dua I borrowed from my sister أسماء something and I'm in debt to her وكنت أستحي منها I was shy from her وكنت أدعو بذلك I used to make dua that Allah will give me something to cover my debt فما لبست يثيرا I did not spend a long time حتى جاءني الله برزق until Allah brought me some رزق من ميراث from my inheritance a charity that I received فغضيتها وأوليت عبد الرحمن بن بكر ثلاثة أوراق I did not just, just pay my debt to my sister أسماء my brother عبد الرحمن this is my grandfather by the way to my mother's side subhanallah she said because he was not really very rich I went and I gave him ثلاثة أوراق that means يعني, like 3000 درهمز I gave it to him That means Allah brought her a lot. By what? By reading this dua. And Allah removed her debt and gave her extra to give. And a lot remained with us. That is quite beneficial. Al-Bayhaqi and Abu Dawood also reported. Abi Sa'id al-Khudari radiallahu ta'ala anhu said the Prophet sallallahu alayhi Abu Umama is a companion whom the Prophet used to love and always chat and talk to. فقال له مالك He was a little bit worried. What's wrong with you? فَقَالَ هُمُومُ الَّذِي مَتْنِي وَدِّيُونَ I have worries and debt, O Messenger of Allah. You know when you are in debt? People are very naive sometimes. When you give somebody money and they borrow from you and they see you but they do not acknowledge you or try to hide away from you, don't say, oh, I give them and look what they are doing. Because they are ashamed. They don't have to give you. Don't make their life miserable. By saying, why aren't you saying that to me? Why are you hiding yourself? Do you want them to say, because I'm in debt and I can't find the money. Do you want them to, come on. When you see the person running away from you, you should hide from them. Mm. I find it very hard, ever in my life, giving somebody something, and then I see them and I show my face. Because I worry, then they think only of one thing. Oh my God, he's here now. Am I going to be I am worried, not them. I am worried. I don't want them to feel like that. Yeah? That's the way it should be. Shouldn't I bad, bad. Yeah? Be very careful because it's not really a very nice thing. So this Abu Umama was worried. The Prophet said, Malak, what's wrong with you? He said, where is, O Messenger of Allah? And that. قال أفلا أعلمك كلاما إذا قلته أثب الله عنك همك وغضى عنك ذيكنا Shouldn't I teach you some words? If you repeat them, Allah will remove your depression and worries. And Allah will pay on your behalf your debt. Say when you wake up in the morning and in the evening. Again I come. Prescription. Not once. Twice, he said. In the morning and in the evening. So that you spend your day happy. And you spend your night, inshallah, happy. Say Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-hammi wal-hazan. Say Allah, I seek refuge in you from depression and sadness. Wal-ajz wal-kasal. An inability, a laziness. Wal-jubn wal-bukhl. An cowardness. An being stingy. Wal-ghalabat al-dayn wal-ghahra al-rijal. And not being able to pay my debt and the oppression of man. Already this dua, 
I have written and it is in the website because I really believe the dua of seeking refuge in Allah is so important. And it is all from the Prophet ﷺ. And I read it every day. Until one day my own daughter asked me, as somebody who is young professional living in this society, there's too many things to worry us. So I sat her down. I said to her, tell me about your worries. What worries you? What is that? I want to know. Then I realized all the things that she says to me, it is in the list the Prophet used to make dua for, seeking refuge in Allah. So we have it already ready. But there is only one condition for this. When you take it, try to read it before sunrise and before sunset. I promise you by Allah, all the things you read in it, Allah will keep you away from. There is nothing that you will have as problems in your life, only the Prophet mentioned in that dua. You will not find them in one place. Our Shaykh Rahmatullah collected them, and then I just put them together and added some of the other things that are away from them. They're beautiful. Isa, we have them. Later on, you can tell them where they can get it, inshallah. Called Dua al Isti'ada, the Dua of seeking refuge in Allah from things that we have. Mu'adh ibn Jabal, radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Before I say that, Umama, what happened to him? He said, I took that from the Prophet, the Dua I just read. I said that Dua in the morning and the evening of the Prophet tonight. فأصحب الله همي الله رموف ماي وريز ان سادنس ان ديبرشن وغضى عني ديني ان الله ريبايد ماي ديني this دعاء take away the death and then معاذ بن جبل the companion said the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم missed him one day the prophet missed معاذ بن جبل فلما صلى رسول الله سلم أتى معاذ when the prophet finished his prayer معاذ came the prophet said يا معاذ مالي لم أرك where were you look at the Prophet wouldn't you feel happy if you go to the masjid that you pray every day behind the Imam and suddenly you miss us Allah and then say come come Umar where were you I miss you Allah we don't have time for this today the Imam is running to go and do a job to earn living because the masjid doesn't pay him a good salary I was disgusted last week an Imam subhanallah being advertised for in East London beautifully in the newspaper Okay, a vacancy for a part-time imam. <laughs> you will be paid seven twenty an hour. Is he working for McDonald's? McDonald's Kentucky Fried Chicken. He's an imam. What is this rubbish? How can you expect the imam to sit there? He went and studied and learned, and, and he had this to sit there. Seven twenty an hour. What is this? Disgusting, isn't it? Disgusting. So when you find your masjids are closed. When you find your imam is not there, when you talk to them in your local masjid and they are unable, because they are running out of the rest. I know many imams, they go and work in restaurants as chefs. I know many imams, they go and do sewing, sew clothing. At home, they send them from the north east. You see? Bradford, Manchester, there are some companies still making textile. They send them the clothes, they have to sew it because it's cheaper. And they pay them per hour to do this. So when you are asking where my imam is, he's not going around. Uh, sleeping or wasting his time, he's earning his risk because the money he earned from his masjid is not. And every Friday, all of us sit down there in the masjid, pay to give the masjid to be run. I don't know what they do. This should go for those people who are working. Yeah, one of the biggest masjids in London now. Here, what's the imam? There's no imam. That's the problem. If I tell you, you know why why I'm speaking about. I know, I know. There's no imam. All the masjid, all the masjid. Wallahi. Uh, the first job I got in a masjid, and this is Allah is my witness. They called me in, 
And I didn't. This is when I told you, when they called me there the job. So I got the job, and the man he said to me, you got the job, inshallah. I said, fine. He said, we are going to pay you, inshallah, 125 pounds. It was a lot of money then. So I said, weekly, alhamdulillah, fine, to pay my rent, and I can live. I waited for the first week, nothing happened. Second week, nothing happened. Third week, <coughs> nothing happened. End of the month, the man gave me an envelope, 125 pounds, I put it in. Maybe he forgot the other three weeks. <laughs> I waited, maybe he will come back to me, he didn't come to me. At the end of the month, I received another envelope, then I realized, it's for the month. Do you, do you know I did what? I just said, Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. I didn't, I didn't say nothing. And Allah, through his generosity, brought me something that I could never even dream of. But then I made myself a promise. <coughs> I will never take a full-time job in a masjid. Because you cannot do your job for the people whom you are supposed to be responsible for. If you have a family, you have to go and work. Your children to buy things for, to send them to school. It's very difficult to run a family. Very hard. Can you run a family with 125 pounds a month? You can't. So you as professional people, when you go to the masjid in your local areas, you should question these things. Don't say, oh, there is no imam in the masjid. Ask why the imam is not there. Ask the people who are responsible, how much do you pay the imam? We worked very hard to bring chaplains to prison, chaplains to hospitals. The first chaplaincy I gave it to a colleague of mine, it was offered to me, I said, no, I don't want it. Wallahi, until today he prays for me. Because in his local mosque, when he used to work, maybe he earned about 10,000 pounds a year, but they gave him straight away 37,000 pounds a year. Another chaplaincy came in a secondary school. They I said to them, no, we don't do this. Because at the end of the day, we need to earn our money properly so that we can do our job. Without earning, you can't look after yourself. So here, Mu'ad ibn Jabal said, the Prophet missed me in my prayer. He called upon me and said, Ya Mu'ad, mali lam arak. Why didn't I see you? He said, Ya Rasulullah, liyahudi indi uqiyya, min tibr, fakharatya ilayhi fahabasani. A Jewish friend of mine I borrowed from him. I went to see him. He kept me. The messenger peed upon him said to him, Ya Ma'ad, Allah u'allimaka du'a. Shouldn't I teach you a du'a, O Ma'ad? Tad'u bihi, law kan alayka min ad-dayn, misl sabr ad-dahu ank. If you have as much debt as sabr, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take away from you. And sabr is a mountain in Yemen. If your debt is as heavy as the amount of sabr in Yemen, Allah will. فَدْعُوا اللَّهِ يَا مَعَادُ وَقُلْ Call upon Allah, O Ma'ad, and say, Allahumma malika al-mulk. O Allah, the owner of the kingdom of the heaven and the earth. تُؤْتِ الْمُلْكَ مَنْ تَشَاءُ You give kingship to whomever you wish. وَتَنْزِعُ الْمُلْكَ مَنْ تَشَاءُ And you take it away from whomever you wish. وَتُذِلُّ مَنْ تَشَاءُ وَتُعِذُّ مَنْ تَشَاءُ وَتُذِلُّ مَنْ and you dishonor those whom you wish. Bidikal khair, in your hand you possess all the goodness. Innaka ala kulli shayin qadir. You are able to do everything. Tuluju layla fil nahar, wa tuluju nahara min al-layl, fil layl. You bring the darkness from the day, and you bring the day into the night. Wa tukhruju al-hayya min al-mayyiti, wa tukhruju mayyiti min al-hayy. You bring the living from the dead, 
and you bring the death from the living. And you sustain whomever you wish it without count. Sustainer of the lower world and the hereafter. And most merciful in both of them. In both worlds, you give whomever you wish and you refuse whomever you wish. Show me a mercy that will make me content from any other mercy from any other beside you. Now, from this, we realize the Prophet already gave us things to do. We don't need to worry. The worst thing I see today among people is that they complain too much. I see people... Today is the 27th, tomorrow 28th, the last day. Tomorrow we'll go to the accounts. But believe me, by Friday when I'm doing my Jum'ah, I meet people who come and say, Sheikh, please pray for me. What's wrong? I have nothing. Did you receive your salary? Yes, I did it. It just went in and went out. Don't complain. Don't complain. Because when you're complaining, you're complaining against Allah. It's not your boss who gave you less or more. When I said my story about the 125, I didn't tell anybody. I'm telling you now because this is a long time ago. Almost 35, 40 years ago. Sister, but don't complain. Because when you complain, you're complaining against Allah. Allah cannot be questioned, but we will be questioned by Him. Number two, just read the du'as. Depend upon Him. Realize it is Him who gives you. And strive in your work by being honest, truthful, steadfast, punctual, and never make any reason not to do your job properly. And another riwayah, the same hadith, Ma'az says, كان للرجل عليه بعض الحق فخشيته a man whom I borrowed from I kept away from him for two days I don't come out and then after two days I came out I kept the message he said oh Ma'az what kept you what kept you the same story but in a different way it is related he said a man I borrowed from and I could not pay for him. I worried that he meet me and I feel ashamed. And I did not want to let myself down. So I kept myself so that he would not meet me. And then he said, shouldn't I command you? He didn't say, shall I teach you? Shouldn't I command you to read those words? And if you have a mountain weight of debt, Allah will take it away from you. Ma'ad then said, I said, Bella, of course. And he taught him the same thing. Same dua. Okay, one of the things that I have learned, if you just read those verses, verses 25 and 26 from Surah Ali Imran, Surah number three, it's good for your debt. I have a I have a word I learned of Quran. It's it's, it's story is quite beautiful. Maybe in the future we'll just do it, and I can give it to you. It is cut verses. I learned from different scholars from around. Wallahi, some of them I did not even went to ask them. They came themselves and gave it to me. One of them was so strange. I had a cousin. I never go out with in Sudan. I was in a rush to do something. He saw me. He said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to Khartoum. I want to do something. He said, you are in a holiday. I will take you. I said, my God. He's going to waste my time for me. He's a little bit, Rahmatullah, he passed away, may Allah bless his soul. But he's more fascinated by the dunya rather than the deen. 
I'd like to accompany somebody who will ask me a question about the deen, talk about nah, the mashayikh, the awliya, the salihin. But this man talks about dunya. So I had to go with him. So we went together. He was driving me. Another nephew who was driving me, he said to me, no, 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 no. I'm going to drive him. So straight away he took me out to a bank. And the moment we went to the bank, he said to me, look, we need to see someone here. I said to him, look, look, I'm coming to do something. Shall we do it first? He said, okay. But I wanted to introduce someone. I said, no, we come back later on. So we went to the place we wanted to go. He took me to somebody whom he knows to ask him what I want. While we were there, this my stranger just walked in, says salam to the officer in the office, and then turned to me and helped me, said, your name is so-and-so. I said, yes. You just arrived from abroad. I said, yes. I have an amana for you. I have something being given to me to give to you. My cousin said to him, excuse me, I don't like these things, just go away. You, you, you need something, you want money from him, just go away. He doesn't know me. So the man just walked away. We finished, we went to the bank. Different area, different place. We were standing for the person to come and take us to the office of this person who wanted to introduce me to. And the same man walking. <laughs> he saw me, he said to me, where is your cousin? I didn't tell him he's my cousin. I said, he went to be stairs to see his friend and he was going to call me. I'm waiting down the stairs. He says, before he comes, I know you don't want to be with him, but Allah has made this possible for you <laughs> for a reason I'm not going to talk about. But I have an amana to give to you. There is something being given to me. And he taught me a few verses from different surahs of the Quran. He said, you must read this every day. And so on. There is many stories to link to it. Now, in my journey, when I put all those things together, I read them in the morning, I read them in the evening. Some people used to question me, why do you read those things? What is to you? Why, why is it bothering? Some of my friends, my brothers, I used to read in front of them. Until one day, I was sitting there feeling sad. Maybe I'm wrong reading all those things together. This great scholar says, today I'm going to relate to you a story of a great scholar and a great companion of Prophet the only man the Prophet taught who entered paradise before everybody. Everybody will enter paradise in the day of judgment, but this man entered paradise in the dunya before the hereafter. Every day he goes to heaven. That is Bilal. And Bilal did not use to pronounce properly because he was from a tribe called Al-Habash, from Abyssinia. His sin used to be Sheen. When he says, or his Sheen used to be seen when he said Ashadu, say Ashadu. But yet, he used to recite certain verses from the Quran the Prophet used to teach as specific verses with benefits in them. So the companion, when they used to hear him reciting them, they got upset. Why are you mixing the Quran? Like a salad it becomes. One verse from Al-Baqara, one verse from al Ibran, two verses from here. They went and complained to the Prophet I was listening because my friend, my companion used to come and complain to me. I want to see, maybe I am wrong. He says, the Prophet called him, Ya Bilal, is it true that what they say, you mix the Quran with the Quran? He said, yes, Ya Rasulullah. And why do you do these things? He says, Inni Inni I mix the good with the good. He says, Tibta. <laughs> then you are very good. Carry on. I was so, I was going to jump up and down. <laughs> yeah, because when you are trying to do good, and people who may be more knowledgeable than yourself, and, and you were young at that time, I said to myself, maybe I'm doing wrong. I was really worried going to my bed. I was almost going to stop. I never stopped. So inshallah, one day, 
as a gift for you. I'm going to print them together and I'm going to give them to you as a present for me. Really, I find them, it makes me happy. Wow. Beautiful verses of the Quran. The Prophet in each one of them says something. But nobody put them together. And inshallah, I'll put them together and you can read them. Bilal used to, but they have never been collected from him to show us how to do them. Now, before the time takes us away, there are more. I'll just put the du'as for you regarding this. But I want to come to another thing which is very important. To open the door, the place for us to be able to have no worries. Because a lot of the things that when sustenance is difficult, when you are unemployed, when you are looking for a job, and you apply for too many jobs and you don't get anything, the best I found is Surah Al-Fatiha. Imam Al-Ghazali, rahmatullah taught his student that if you are really not taking this surah seriously and reading it a lot in your day, then you are in trouble. Surah Al-Fatiha is a key for healing. Physical, spiritual, emotional, psychological problem within the human being. Surah Al-Fatiha is a means of pushing away your difficulties and problems. Surah Al-Fatiha is a means of helping you so that you achieve ease in achieving your sustenance for your day and for your future. And moreover, taking away all your worries and fears. Now, in Mufatih al-Mufatih, the Sheikh says, Rahmatullah alayhi, that Imam Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu says in a poet, this is Imam al-Ghazali reporting, Imam al-Ghazali is reporting that Ali ibn Abi Talib recited this poem. I'm going to read for you and translate. In regard of Surah Al-Fatiha and achieving ease when you are working to sustain yourself. إِذَا مَا كُنْتَ مُلْتَمِسًا لِرِزْقٍ وَنَيْلُ الْقَصْدِ مِنْ عَبْدٍ وَحُرٍ When you are striving to achieve sustenance and accomplishing what you are rushing for from somebody who is able or somebody who is unable وَتَصْفَرْ بِالَّذِي تَرْجُوا سَرِيعًا وَتَأْمَمْ مِنْ مُخَالَفَةٍ وَغَدْرٍ And to achieve what you are hoping for quick and to be safe from someone attacking you for un, being unable to give or pay فَفَاتِحَةُ الْكِتَابِ فَفَاتِحَةُ الْكِتَابِ Then I advise you to recite the opening of the book, Surah Al-Fatiha. فَإِنَّ فِيهَا لِمَا أَمَّلْتَ سِرًّا أَيُّ سِرِّي For indeed, in it, for what you require and need, there is a secret. But what secret can I tell you about? فَلَاذِمْ ذِكْرُهَا عُقْبَى مَسَاءً Regularly read it early morning and early evening. وَفِي صُبْحٍ وَفِي ظُهْرٍ وَعَصْرٍ And at the break of the light of the day and after Dhuhr and after Asr. كذلك بعد مغرب كل ليل Also after Maghrib and in the night after Isha إلى التسعين تتبعها بعشر ninety times and add ten to make it a hundred. تنل ما شئت من عز وجاهن You will achieve whatever you wish of honor and increase in sustenance. وعظم مهابة وعلو قدر and Allah will give you a place and position 
and people will look up to you. Wasitrun la tuqayyiruhu layali and a shelter it will never be changed. Bi hadithatin min al-nuqsan tajri whatever happened to you nothing will happen to you. Wa tawfiqun wa afrahun dawaman and success and joyous you will be regularly wa ta'man min mukhawfi kull sharrin and you will be safe from the fear of any evil wa min faqrin wa usrin wa anqita'in and also you will be safe from poverty difficulty and being unable to do for yourself wa min batshin lidhi nahyin wa amrin and even Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be gentle and kind towards you now when we learn this I was so grateful to Allah that my sheikh taught me to read Fatiha every day a hundred times. But I never knew until they taught us this poem that Imam Al-Ghazali wrote it from Ali ibn Abi Talib. We read a hundred times, but we read in the morning after Fajr 18 times, after Zuhur 18 times, after Asr 18 times, after Maghrib 18 times, and then after Isha 28 times. This is the way my sheikh prescribed it for me. I read like that. Imam Al-Ghazali says, Read it after each prayer 20 times so that you don't. I didn't ask my sheikh why 18, 18, and 28 because we don't ask. Otherwise, I'll be like Musa asking Khidr. He must say to me, Now go your way. I don't want that. What they tell me to do, I just do. But for you, if you want to do, either you do what I was told to do and you have right to do it. Or you read after every salah 20 times. And for people who are not able to read after salah every time, I encourage you, I encourage you read Fatiha every day a hundred times and see what Allah will give to you. The other thing, other than Surah Al-Fatiha, for those who want even greater increase in ease generally in your life, spiritually, emotionally, psychologically, physically, okay, sustenance, wife, whatever, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. You notice in all the Pakistani shops, they put 7A6. And people who are thinking this is bid'ah, says astaghfirullah The Prophet never says 7A6. What is this astaghfirullah These people are writing 7A6 because they fear that if they write from Rahman Rahim and somebody does something wrong, then they are to be blamed. So they write the numbers. Although the numbers carry the same responsibility as the letters. For the letters are numbers at the end of the day. This is called abjad hawaz, ilmul harf, the knowledge of the letter. This is the only knowledge through which power can be achieved. The scientists can go and achieve power through the elements of science. But the scholars whom Allah opened their heart, they can achieve the success through the letter. When I was striving to learn Ilmul Harf, my sheikh said to me, at any time, in any generation, there will only be a handful of men in the world who know this knowledge. Because this knowledge is most powerful than any other knowledge. Not even the scientists. Because through which they can take a piece of rock and make it into gold. They can take water and make it into milk. Not through magic, through kum fayakun. And it becomes. Allah says so. We can. But not for everyone. Alhamdulillah, I met people like that. I sat with them. I learned from them. One of them taught me something, but I never used. And I'm not going to use, inshallah. He told me to make a bag. And he gave me a dhikr. He said, son, because you are a da'ya, you don't want to depend upon people. The place where you pray, make it one place. It's good in your home to have one place you make your prayer. Maryam used to play in the same place. When the career used to come to her, he find in her room food. One day he questioned her. Where did you get this from? 
She is young. She pointed. It's from Allah. Not because Allah is there, because it's high. The Almighty Allah. So he looked up. Nothing is there. There's a ceiling. But when he looked down where she pointed, it's her prayer place. هُنَالِكَ دَعَى ذَكَرِيَ رَبُّ There, the Kariya kneeled and prayed. And while he's praying in her mihrab, the Malaik said, we are giving you the good tithing, you're going to have a son. He was praying himself in his own place. Every day, nothing happened. But there, Allah gave. What happened to me? He got worried. Oh, Allah. <laughs> what people will say about me? I'm an old man. Allah said, don't worry. And then my wife, she's a grandmother. Imagine if you're going to the street, see a grandmother with her stick and she's pregnant. It's not a sight that you want to look at. Only young people carry children. But Allah says, for this, there is a wisdom. We're going to give you a child. Nobody was named after, given his name before you. And he's going to be Yahya. Okay? So, subhanallah, the place where you pray, he said to me, in the front right corner, put this bag and read this zikr every day. He gave me a time. I'm not saying the zikr. I'm not saying the, the timing. It's a promise. And he says, every day when you pray your duha, prayer, open the prayer mat underneath, open the bag, you find your sustenance for the day. But he said, I don't encourage you to do it. I taught you, but I never. Guess what? If I was going to be somebody who is in haste, I will do it. But I realized, no. Indeed, the hereafter is better and forever. I have a lot of my brothers who can just go like this and they can get what they want. But we don't want that. A lot of the younger generation today, when they are looking for the spiritual path and they are seekers, they don't really want to be a followers of a sheikh. They want to be the sheikh. They don't really want just to be the sheikh. They want to have the miracle of the sheikh. You can't just have it like that. You see? You can't. You need to strive, to struggle. and this is, Allah can give it to you if he wishes. So, don't worry about it. So, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, if it is recited, 786 times a day, and the person keeps it every day, Allah takes away everything that you require. But for those who are unable to do that, you read it the way I was taught. In the morning before you go out, read it 19 times. And in the evening before you go to bed, read it 21 times. That's it. Allah will save you from whatever you worry about. 19 times in the morning before you leave your home and 21 times before you If you put it, you know, somebody who can't sleep at night. Like me. <laughs> just believe me. 21 times you sleep. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. A'udhu billahi min ishtarahim. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. When I was told this, before I finished, I said 7 or 8, I just snoring. Alhamdulillah ar-Rahim. Since then, I just put my head and I sleep. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim is for sleeping. If there is somebody sick, you read Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim for them in water 150 times and they will be inshallah I'm going to finish by the last part which is verses of the Quran that will help inshallah in this from the Mafatih which is 31 inshallah and that will be the end of what we are talking about and Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa our prophet peace be upon him says man ata manzilahu whosoever enters his house once you enter. Most of us when we enter, it's very strange. I don't know why people do this. First of all, we come and we are very upset. We carry all the worries in our head. 
in the house you have a mother, maybe a father, maybe siblings, maybe grandparents, maybe a wife, maybe even children. And they're waiting for you to come. When you're coming in, you don't know which foot came in first. And the first thing, rather than doing the right thing, if they ask you, ah, did you bring the milk? Ah, work And argument. We're just asking. Did you do this for us? No way you should act like that if you did what the Prophet did. The Prophet says, when you come into your home, shaitan is following. And with him, his soldiers. If you enter your home with your left foot, he will say to some of his soldiers, he is inviting you to join him. <laughs> and if you enter with your left foot and you close your door and you do not read what the Prophet said, read, you say, should read Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Bismillah In the name of Allah, we exit it, and in the name of Allah, I'm returning back. You read this dua when you're going out, when you're coming in. And then you read Surah Al-Fatiha. Straight away, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Malik Yawmiddin, Yaka Na'budu, Yaka Nusta'in, Ihdina Salat al-Mustaqim, Salat al-Lazina Na'amta Alayhim, Ghayr Maghdubi Alayhim, Waladdalim, Ameen. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Qul huwa Allahu Ahad, Allahu Samad, Lam Yalid, Walam Yulad, Walam Kullahu Kufun Ahad. Wallahi, Allah is my witness. We do this and we tell, we treat him. And I have got my grandson, is two years old. When he's going out, I always try to walk him by the door so that he goes. Now he is learning. He can never put his right, he put his left foot out first. When they're bringing him, I said, don't carry him. Let him, because he can walk. I want him to enter with the right. Once he begins to speak properly, then I'll teach him how to say it. My children, alhamdulillah. We have to. My father taught me. We have to teach one another. Because the Prophet says, Whosoever recite, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Alhamdulillah rabbil alameen, wal-ikhlas, when you enter your home, nafa Allahu anhu al-faqr wa kathura khayri baytihi. Allah will remove and wipe away poverty from your life and your sustenance will be increased in your home. Whatever Allah provides, there will be barakah in it. You know sometimes you have a lot, but there is no blessing in it. You have little, there is blessing in it. We have learned not to worry. If we cooked, food that can feed 10 people, and suddenly 50 can, it will feed all of us. But for some of you, you'll pull your hair. Oh my God, we're going to be shamed up. It's going to be the talk of the town that we are, didn't cook enough. No. If you just recite these verses below on the food, everybody will eat. That's what we do. You see? One day, my sheikh, we were inviting about 100 and, 150 people to come for a, a meeting with him. And the people who cook in the back, they were cooking, preparing. And suddenly, almost maybe three, four hundred people came. So the brothers were so worried. So one of the brothers told me, so we went and told the sheikh, I said, sheikh, there's an old man. The brothers were worried. said, why are they worried? The food will be enough. And one brother came, he's so clever. I said, sheikh, but we didn't think. I and mean, we cook maybe a food that can food 200, but double that amount. <laughs> and the number is 150. We cook maybe can feed one 200. Double, it's going to tough. The sheikh said, show me the food, show me the food. And he was walking around the, the food they're making. I was, I was not watching the food or them. I was watching the sheikh. Why? Because Allah says, don't take your eye away from those people who remember me. Because the sheikh is always remembered. I want to see what he was reading. Because I know he was doing something. And he was reading something. And I picked it up. And every time he was there, he was doing like this by his hand. Don't worry. And saying, Amin. I promise you by Allah, everybody ate and everybody enjoyed the food and there was food. And they kept the Sheikh, MashaAllah, there was too much. I told you. There was more food to feed more people. 
Don't panic. Because Allah can put blessing in what you have and Allah will give it to you. And then it is also reported that a man came to the Prophet wasallam and complained to him about poverty and difficulty in living his life. The Prophet said to him, when you enter your dwelling, your home, فسلم. After you recite, Bismillahi walajna, Bismillahi kharajna, al-Fatiha, and then ikhlas, then say, Assalamu alaikum ahladdar. Peace be upon you, dwellers of the house. Because, don't forget, in every house that is you by yourself, or whoever lives with you, there is the dwellers. You know who the dwellers are? Jinn. Don't be frightened tonight. There are jinn living in your house. Okay? If they're not disturbing you, that means everything is safe. Don't worry. But every house there is jinn in it. And some of them are Muslims, some of them are not Muslims. So he said, Assalamu alaikum ahladdar. Peace be upon you, dwellers of the house. All of them. Okay? فَسَلِّمْ إِنْ كَانَ فِيهِ أَحَدٍ أَوْ لَمْ يَكُمْ فِيهِ أَحَدٍ Say salam if there is someone there or there is nobody there. The wise person will say, if there is somebody there, yes, I understand. But if there is not somebody there, why should I say salam? There are dwellers. Why I say that to you? ثُمَّ صَلِّي وَسَلِّمْ Then say, اللهم صلي على محمد وعلى آل محمد وسلم. علي. وصلي وسلم علي. Make salawat and salam for me. وَقْرَأْ قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٍ مَرَّ وَاحِدًا And then read, قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٍ one time. Allah will make it. فَفَعَلَ الرَّجُلْ مُدَّةِ The man started doing this for a time. فَأَدْرَأَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ الرِّزْقَ حَتَّى أَفَاءَ عَلَى جِرَانِهُ وَأَقْرِبَيْهِ Allah brought too much sustenance for him until he began to give his relatives and his neighbors. Okay? And also there is a verse in the Quran, in Surah Al-A'raf, to increase your sustenance. وَلَغَدْ مَكَّنَّاكُمْ فِي الْأَرْضِ وَجَعَنَّا لَكُمْ فِيهَا مَعَيْشَ قَلِلًا مَا تَشْكُرُونَ And we have made it easy for you to sustain yourself from the earth, and we made in it different ways of earning your risk. But however, little you show ingratitude. Inshallah, these verses and others, I will put them together. And I will write their translation. So that inshallah you will be able to understand and appreciate. That the first thing, you should not worry about your risk. But by nature, as a human being, you will be worried. The worry comes because of fear. But fear, if you are truly a believer, is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah said, وَلَنَبْلُوَنَّكُمْ بِشَيْءٍ مِّنَ الْخَوْفِ We will test you with some fear. No doubt. So when fear comes, straight away, you repeat, إِنَّ لِلَّهِ وَإِنَّ إِلَيْهِ رَجْعُونَ We are from Allah to him we return. We are a spiritual being, not physical being. You shouldn't worry. And number two, you should realize that fear could lead to sadness that which could lead to anxiety, to depression. By reciting the dua I told you three times in the most three times, all these things will not be there. And you should be a truthful, honest believer by knowing that Allah is the one who sustains you. Not your employer, not your parents. Your parents are responsible for you because Allah made them responsible. Your employer is responsible for paying your wage, your salary, because Allah made it so. Your job is to seek the halal risk and the good when you buy. Your job is to share from what Allah has given to you with those who are weaker than yourself. And Ramadan is going to come. And we are beginning soon, inshallah, after this month finishes, 
كمان الاخره رجب از كامينج ان شاء الله ابريل اوكي يعني مارش رجب والبيجين ذن ويل هاف شعبان ان ماي اند ذن ان شاء الله رمضان ويل ستارت ات ذا اند اوف ماي ناو وي نيد تو بريبير اور سيلف فور رمضان بليز تيك ذيس فروم مي سيريوسلي in the world we live in today the biggest fear for people is poverty but yet we live in a world when we have abundance when we look at the people who are really poor they don't have nothing they are picking from the bins but they still they are sustaining themselves i was so shocked when i saw once a documentary about the poorest people in bombay in india who are living in a place whereby they have nothing but they have industry they go to the picking of the rich bins of the rich people and they bring it to their little chanty town in the middle of bombay and in fact among them one became a millionaire through recycling he the multi millionaire living in that he was just a poor man but now employing all those poor people to go and pick bring him the plastic bring him the whatever and he's recycling it and they are selling it allah can give everybody as much as they deserve if they know how to get it inshallah if anybody have a question please ask any question i'm always happy that people yeah so now inshallah i'm going to repeat again for those who came later inshallah to fulfill this we are going to do a course we'll start soon and this course i am doing it for allah's sake for the orphan kids i want everybody who want to join the course is to sponsor a child an orphan kid 15 pound a month you can pay it all at once for a year 180 instead of asking you to pay for room escape no we're going to pay it for the open kids isa will put it in the website inshallah and he can can speak to you and tell you about it after i finish and either pay it at once if you are able to or pay monthly okay i want to do it all at once or pay it in the next once we start three months because i want to enter ramadan my intention oh allah I'm going to sponsor an orphan child so that you wipe my sin and prepare me to enter into Ramadan so I benefit myself. Wallahi, I tell you, and this is just for your benefit, for goodness. I made this intention with you. I began to sit at home and prepare for it. And yesterday I was so busy and then they called me to do something. I went to the masjid. And then I came back and I was in pain. If you ask, my family will tell you. My knees were hurting me. I was unable to sleep. Alhamdulillah, I got up, I did my prayer. But, this, uh, but then, just before the Fajr prayer, I slept. And guess what? I saw myself, because I was worried about this thing for the orphan. I saw myself entering the haram. And a person called me, come, we are going to open the Kaaba for you. And the man who hold the key said, I have the key for you. So the moment I, he said this, I began to cry, and a verse came to my hand. Okay. I began to read it and whosoever entered it will be secure and I came to the door of the Kaaba and when I came to the door of the Kaaba another man came said to the man who hold the key said to him before you do this key I want to say something there are two keys there is a key and there is a key there is a physical and there is a spiritual okay you open with your key which is the physical the Shaybani family they hold it but I will give you my son my key. My key is not like his key. His key go back to his bag, they have a bag for it. But my key, once you open with it, it will go to its place by itself. So he went like this, after the man opened for me, and he gave me a key. I opened with it, I didn't have to give it back, it just went away. 
and I entered. I saw few people sitting. I wanted to pray. So I asked myself, which direction? The boy said to me, ask one of those sitting. So I went to him, I said to him, which direction? He said, pray any direction you want, because you pray towards the Kaaba, but you are inside the Kaaba. <laughs> so I prayed. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to achieve success through learning about the 12 greatest, noblest human beings who relinquish the love of the dunya for the... This, this I intended it. Look what Allah gave me. Wallahi, I'm saying it out of gratitude to Allah, to you. Because Allah could give you anything. I'm just thinking about it, thinking about Isa, and we're discussing it, worried about how am I going to put it, how we're going to do it, how can we... And Allah gave me this. If he doesn't give me anything else, I'm happy. That is enough for me. May Allah give you and give me tawfiq for dunya wal akhirah. Allahumma salli wa sallim ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa barik wa sallim ya Allah. Ya Rahman, Ya Rahim, Ya Arhamar Rahimin, Ya Arhamar Rahimin, Ya Arhamar Rahimin, Ya Rahman al-Dunya wa Ya Rahim al-Akhirah, Ya Mufatih al-Abwab, Ya Musabib al-Azbab, Ya Dalil al-Mutahayirin, Ya Qiyat al-Mustaqithin, Ya Sariq al-Mustasrikhin, Ya Qiblat al-Mutawajjihin, Ya Aman al-Khaifin, Ya Kadud Dua'afai wal-Fuqara'i wal-Masakin, Atainaka Rabbi Talibin, Raqibin, Rajin, Min Fadlika al-Azim, Wa Antadu al-Fadla al-Azim. أنت الذي أنزلت في كتابك الكريم أدعوني أستجيب لكم إني قريب أجيب دعوة الداعي إذا دعان فليستجيبوا لي وليؤمنوا بي لعلهم يرشدون ربها نحن عبيد بني عبيد بني إماءك نواصينا بيدك ماض فينا حكم عدل فينا قضاءك نسألك اللهم بكل إثم وكتميت به نفسك أنزلته في كتابك أو علمته أحدا من خلقك أو استأثرت به بعلم الغيب عندك اللهم يا ربنا فإنا قد استجبنا لدعاك فدعوناك بما أنت أهل له يا كريم نسألك اللهم بأسمائك الحسن العظام وبإسمك العظيم الأعظم محمد صلى الله عليه وآله وصحبه وسلم وما أتيتهم من رحمة حيث أصبح رحمة للعالمين فقال إنما رحمة مهدى نتوسل به إليك يا الله إلا ما تنزلت علينا في هذه الساعة برحمة من عندك فأنت أرحم الرحماء أرحم الراحمين فيا رحمن يا رحيم يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين إما معثته رحمة للعالمين إلا ما رحمتنا في هذه الساعة بأن تمحو عنا كل ذنب وعيب ربنا امحو عنا ذنوبنا وإسرافنا في أمرنا وثبت أقدامنا وآتينا سؤلنا وبلغنا مقصودنا يا كريم اللهم ربي أنت ربي لا إله إلا أنت عليك توكلنا وإليك أنبنا وإليك المصير رب اغفر ورحم وأنت خير الراحمين رب اغفر ورحم وأنت خير الراحمين رب اغفر ورحم وأنت خير الراحمين اللهم أنت ربي لا إله إلا أنت خلقتني وأنا عبدك وأنا على عهدك ووعدك ما استطعت أعوذ بك من شر ما صنع أبو لك من عمتك علي وأبو بذنبي فاغفر لي فإنه لا يغفر الذنوب إلا أنت يا أرحم الراحمين رب اغفر لنا ولوالدينا ولمشايخنا ولمن علمنا ولمن له حق علينا وللسائل والمحروم ولكافة المسلمين أجمعين يا رب اشفنا واشف مرضانا ومرضى المسلمين اغفر اللهم لنا ولموتانا وموت المسلمين وانصر اللهم لإسلام والمسلمين يا رب هيئ لنا من أمرنا رشدا واجعل معونتك الحسنى لنا مددا بالأولياء بالصالحين بجمعهم من جاءنا القرآن عنهم مرشدا فرج فضلك له كربنا يا خير مد الآن له يدا اللهم إنا نسألك سلطانا نصيرا وحظا عظيما وأجرا وفيرا وتجارة لن تبور وفقنا توفيقا مطلقا وارزقنا حلالا طيبا واسعا بلا كد تجب دعاءنا بلا رد 
آتنا اللهم كلمة لا ترد خن اللهم الجنة بغير حساب إنك أنت الله العزيز الكريم الوهاب ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين واجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا لا تذق قلوبنا بعد إذ هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمة إنك أنت الوهاب ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار رب اغفر وارحم وأنت خير الراحمين أفرانك ربنا وإليك المصير أياسك الله سبحانه وتعالى for all the suffering people all over the world O oh Allah, those who are sick, may you heal them. Those who are serving them from the nurses, the porters, the doctors, and those who look after the hospital and hospices, may you look after them. O oh Allah, serve them as they serve them, Ya Kareem. I ask Allah for the unemployed to be given dignity of wealth. I ask Allah for the employers, may you increase their sustenance to give dignity to those who are unemployed, Ya Kareem. I ask Allah for those who are seeking to be complete by marriage to find them the best of partners. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for those who are seeking opening from Allah for difficulties that they are going through. May Allah remove all their difficulties. I ask Allah who, for those who find it difficult to wake up for Fajr in the morning. May Allah make it easy for them to wake up for Fajr. I ask Allah for those people who are unable to sustain their remembrance of Allah regularly to make it easy for them to remember you, Ya Allah. I ask Allah for those who have parents but their life difficult with them. May they be in the best relationship with their parents, Ya Kareem. Those who have parents like myself who passed away, may Allah forgive them and raise them into the highest loftiest place in Jannah. May they forgive us for the wrong they will have done towards them, Ya Kareem. Those who are alive, may Allah give them long life with obedience. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for our partners in marriage, may Allah give them tawfiq and success. I ask Allah for my wife, may Allah give her tawfiq. May Allah give her success. May Allah give her as much as she has given me, Ya Kareem and give her success for dunya wal akhirah. And I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for our mashaykh, our teachers, those who taught us. May Allah give them tawfiq for dunya wal akhirah. Those who passed away, may Allah give them the high place in Jannah. Those who are alive, may Allah give them the best position, Ya Kareem. And for anybody sitting here having something in their heart concealed, we don't know, but Allah knows. May Allah fulfill for them whatever they need and they want, Ya Kareem. Rabbana aghfir lana warhamna wasturna wansurna ayidna wa kullana wa latakun alayna, Ya Kareem. يا ربي بالمصطفى بلغ مغاصدنا واغفر لنا ما مضى يا واسع الكرم يا ربي بالمصطفى بلغ مغاصدنا واغفر لنا ما مضى يا واسع الكرم يا ربي بالمصطفى بلغ مغاصدنا واغفر لنا ما مضى يا واسع الكرم اكتبنا عندك ربنا من المقبولين برحمتك يا ارحم الراحمين صلي وسلم على سيدنا محمد النبي الامين واله وسلم الى شرف النبي محمد صلى الله عليه واله وصحبه وسلم والى جميع الانبياء والمرسلين والملائكه والمقربين والعالين والى عباد الله الصالحين من اهل السماوات واهل الارضين خاصه الروح الغضب الغوث والاغطاب والاوتاد والافراد والبدل والنجب والنقب والملاماتيه رجال الغيب اجمع يا رب اسمع خاص صاحب الزمان المهد المنتظر عليه السلام والخضر عليه السلام ويس الغرني عليه السلام سيدنا بكر الصديق عمر الفاروق عثمان بن عفان عثمان بن عفان يا كريم علي بن ابي طالب رضي الله تعالى وارضاه يا ارحم الراحمين والى سائر عبادك الصالحين من التابعين وتابع التابعين خاصه يا رب العالمين يا رب العالمين سيدنا ابراهيم بن اتم سفيان الثوري ذنون المصري رابع العدويه عمر الفارض برحمتك يا ارحم الراحمين اغفر لهم جميعا وارحمهم برحمتك يا كريم والحمد والعباس عبد الله بن عباس عبد الله بن عمر الخطاب عبد الله بن مسعود الله بن عمر العاصي رب العالمين وانس بن مالك ارحم الراحمين وتميم الداري برحمتك يا كريم ابي سعيد الخضري برحمتك يا كريم وسائر الصحابه وكل من حدثوا عن رسول الله كلهم فسروا كتاب الله برحمتك يا الله يا الله يا الله 
اسالوا كل الحصن البصري والجنيد والكرخي وبعد البسطامي وحدين العربي والامام الغزالي حسن الجباوي حاطم الطائي وثالث لزمانهم هذا الرفاع الكبير والتشتي والسهري وردي والنخشبندي برحمتك يا ارحم الراحمين احمد بن ادريس رضي الله عنه وارضاه احمد تجاني احمد الرحيم اليمن البرعي برحمتك يا ارحم الراحمين سيد الدردير سيد الصعب سيد الحبني سيد سمان الشيخ الطيب والبشير والقوش والدزين شاب المشيخ غريب الله سيدي واستاذي والدي فاتي غريب الله رضي الله عنه رضاه الشيخ حسن يا كريم ارفع مقامه وعلياته فيا المشايخ والاولياء والصالحين كل من حضرنا في هذا المكان من ملك وانت وجان خاصه يا ربنا لصاحب مفاتيح من المفاتيح وصاحب ابواب الفرج يا رب اغفر لهما وارحمهما وعلي مقاماتهم في الجنه كل من سالنا الدعاء كل من حضرنا في هذا المكان صلي وسلم على سيدنا محمد الصلاه والسلام عليك يا سيدي يا رسول الله الصلاه والسلام عليك يا سيدي يا نبي الله الصلاه والسلام عليك يا سيدي يا حبيب الله الصلاه والسلام عليك يا امام المرسلين الصلاه والسلام عليك يا خاتم النبيين الصلاه والسلام عليك يا شفيع المذنبين الف صلاه والف سلام عليك وعلى ال بيتك اجمعين سبحان ربك رب العزه عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين الفاتحه بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين اياك نعبد واياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين انعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين امين the last word i will say please let us think of this awesome project and please yes you can do this for yourself but anybody else who can do don't keep it to yourself ask them to do yes inshallah I just, uh, when you were talking, I had um, a lot of thoughts and questions in my head, but actually just two quick points that I wanted to bring up. One is, uh, neither are a question, but the first subject was um, uh, one, of, one of my great teachers, Ustaz Abdul Khadr. Some of you may know him, or some of you may haven't, maybe haven't heard the name. He passed away five days ago. Rahmatullah, Abdul Qadir Man. Huwa ismu Abdul Abdul Qadir. Huwa Masri. Okay. He he passed away at the age of seventy-eight. And for 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 those of you who didn't know him, he came to this country very young. He suffered a huge number of diseases: kidney failure, bowel cancer, heart failure, and so so many things. Subhanallah. Um, but he, he led such a fantastic life in the sense that he founded one of the biggest uh, uh, Arabic uh, communities for teaching Arabic and Islam, beginning at uh, in Belgrave Square, the Arabic Chamber of Commerce. Yes, yes, yes. And, um, and then continuing, the school still continues to yes. this day. You've seen the school for Arabic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arabic, yeah. Um, he, he passed away five days ago, uh, like, uh, on the 22nd of February, and um, he, uh, I, I, I kind of, instead of all the questions that I wanted to ask, the only thing that really came to my mind was was him to, to mention, so uh, I would just like to ask, inshallah, if, if uh, everyone could make dua for him, make dua for him, five days ago, inshallah, may Allah grant him, we will make dua for him now, and regarding this issue, and this is a very good thing for a teacher who taught you, because the best thing you can repay a teacher is to pray for them. Uh, and therefore, there is a misconception, misunderstanding. When somebody passes away, some people say, yeah, we can just make a dua for them, that's it. And some people say, 
this dua can only be accepted for them from their own children. Quoting a verse from the Quran and a hadith from the Prophet. The verse they say, Allah said in the Quran, the person once they pass away, they can achieve nothing because their book is closed, only that which they have done when they are alive. That's true. Once you die, you can't do anything for yourself. And the other one, the hadith of the Prophet, in which he says, When the son of Adam, daughter of Adam, passes away, his work is stopped only from three. A righteous child they leave behind that prays for them. A charity that is going to be continuous as long as it's continuing, it's going to bring them good deeds written in their books. <coughs> a knowledge that they left behind is going to benefit them. Subhanallah, subhanallah. It is true to the extent the verse and the hadith say that in amaluhu, your work as a person who passed away, you cannot do anymore unless those three things are there. But he did not say the Prophet did not say others if they want to do on your behalf it's going to be stopped. No, he didn't say that. As long as he did not say that, anybody can do. Who explained this properly? Ibn al-Qayyim al-Jawzi, the student of Ibn Taymiyyah. He says, anybody else can pray for them, can read Quran for them, can make Umrah for them, can be in charity for them, can do a sadaqah, anybody, not their own children. If the student does not pray for their teacher, who else can pray? That's why the name they mentioned, all of them. I pray for all the scholars that I think I benefited from in my chain of learning. I start from the Prophet In fact, I pray for the Malaika. Okay? This is my dua. People ask me. Wallahi al-Azim. Allah is my witness. I do this all the time. I was doing it in my circle in Central Mosque in the 80s. 81, 82. And there is an, uh, an aerospace engineer from Malaysia. I haven't seen him for a long time. He's called Arif. He used to work for British Airways. One day he stopped me. He said to me on a Thursday, he said to me, Always you read this dua. What's the benefit of this dua? He had that conception. What benefit will get them? And I read Fatih for them at the end. So I told him. So he went home. In the same night, he read the dua. On Friday, he came to Central Mosque. He came running looking after me. I said to him, What's wrong? He said, I read the dua and I saw in my dream the Prophet sitting with all the companions. Because I said to them, I read for some of the companions. Alhamdulillah. So we, this is good from you to ask us to read. There is a group going around saying, when somebody dies, you don't need to make a khatam of Quran for them. This is bid'ah. Reading Quran is bid'ah. Astaghfirullah. Uh, uh, one of the sheikhs, he came to me. He said to me, Amr, my sheikh came to me. What gift you gave him? Mm. I said to him, I pray for him. Assalamu yeah. Because he said to me, tell Omar, I got his gift. Allah Allah I was praying for his sheikh, because he, he, he introduced me by uh, uh, Barza. I haven't seen his sheikh. Then I continued praying for his sheikh. His sheikh came to him. He said to, me, to him, listen, tell Omar, I got his gift. Then he came to me, Omar, sheikh said to me this. Yes. Of course, of course. This, is, this, this goes without... There is, there is many stories from the time of Prophet whereby people die and people pray for them and they come in the dream and they tell. It happened to me many times. I pray for people and people come. Yes. And do this to you. So pray for people who pass away and will make dua for your sheikh and read for him. Read Quran for him. And it, there is very, very important issue today. I, I really feel if we don't stick to it, 
were going to diminish your benefit in the future. My father prayed for his father. His father prayed for the father. He, my father told me, I'm praying for my father. I'm doing the Quran for him. I'm doing the Hajj. When I go to Ramadan to Saudi Arabia, I make an Umrah for my father. I make an Umrah for my mother because I passed away. If I don't teach this to my children, what hope do I have? If this is me, and I'm double your age, what about you? Born in England, raised in England. If you don't teach your children to do this, when you die, neither the heaven nor the earth will cry over you. So you need to teach your children to do this and do it. If anybody stands and says to you, this is bid'atal, tell me, give me one evidence that the Prophet said, don't do it. Anything in Islam to say don't do, they must be a don't. If there is no don't, it's mubah. You can't do it. So may Allah give tawfiq to your sheikh. I know of the man, and I'm grateful that you remember, remind me, because I didn't know he passed away. May Allah bless him, because I know the school, and I know from the beginning the people who used to be behind it, many of them passed away, like Dr. Ahmed, rahmatullah alayh, and many others. May Allah bless his soul, because he established one of the very beautiful Islamic school for children to remain as Muslims. Although they were teaching Arabic language, but behind it, they were camouflaging it with Islam and manners and akhlaq and most of the Egyptian kids who went there and others benefit from it so we read Surah Al-Ikhlas for him inshallah for Rasulullah said whoever reads Surah Al-Ikhlas three times as if you read the whole Quran may Allah put it in his book for him Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Qul huwa Allahu ahad Allahu samad lam yalid wa lam yulad wa lam yakul lahu kufuan ahad Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Qul huwa Allahu ahad Allahu samad lam yalid wa lam yulad wa lam yakul lahu kufuan ahad Bismillahirrahmanirrahim قل هو الله أحد الله الصمد لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا أحد يا واحد يا أحد يا واحد يا أحد يا واحد يا أحد يا فرد يا صمد يا من لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا أحد نسألك الله بإسمك العظيم أن تصلي وتسلم على نبيك الكريم وآله وسلم تسليما وأن توصف ما قرأنا ونور ما تلوناه هدية واصلة بعد الغبول منك لروح المرحوم عبد القادر يا كريم اللهم يا ربنا إنه قد بدأ عمل خير فبارك له في هذا العمل واجعل له فيه خيرا كثيرا وأجرا وفيرا يا كريم ربنا إن كان محسنا فذيت في إحسانه وإن كان مسيئا فتجاوز عن سيئاته يا كريم ربنا انزله منزلا طيبا وانزله منزلا مباركا واحشره مع النبيين والصديقين والشهداء والصالحين we ask Allah to write this Surah Al-Ikhlas in his book and to give him in abundance and to raise him to the highest of this place in Jannah. Anybody who passed away today in the Muslim world and over the world, Ya Rabbil Alameen, may Allah give them the same tawfiq and give them a high place in Jannah. And if we reach the position that they have reached, may Allah forgive our sins and exchange all our bad deeds to good deeds and give us a high place in Jannah, Ya Kareem. Our fathers and grandfathers, uncles and aunties, and all our relatives, our teachers, and those whom we have wronged in this world, Ya Kareem, may you give them tawfiq for dunya wal akhirah, and rise Surah Al-Ikhlas in their books, Ya Kareem. Salli wa sallim ala thnahmad al-Nabi al-Ameen wa alihi wa sallim. Ana rabbika rabbil ut'amma yasifun. Wa salamun ala al-mursaleen. Wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen al-Fatiha. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Ar-Rahmanirrahim. Maliki yawmiddin. Iyaka na'budu wa iyaka nasta'een. Ihdina al-sirat al-mustaqeem. صراط الذين انعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين امين جزاكم الله خير